Hey there. Before we get this train a-rolling, I would like to uh, thank some people. People like Alan Brook, Andrew McNeil, Shane Ferguson, Michael Calder, and Brendan Hidman. All of these people have gone to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and kicked us some money and helped us out. Uh, that supports this show and a whole bunch of other shows, and you get a whole bunch of bonus content for doing it. Once again, that is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And all aboard, this week we are talking about Monster Train. Choo-choo. Motherfuckers. Choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. uh, all aboard, motherfuckers. Yeah, this uh, is a roguelike yeah. deck builder game developed by Shiny Shoe and published by Good Shepherd Entertainment for the PC and Xbox in 2020. Yeah, this is and this is executive produced. This episode was produced by William. Mm-hmm. Thank you, William. Yeah, uh, I I love this video game. I never would have paid attention to this. I heard Ben describe it on the level, and he seemed to to like it. But it looked a little bit too close to something like Slay the Spire or Hearthstone for me. No, it's different and cool. <laughs> mm, and I like Slay the Spire as well. Mm-hmm. I haven't played Hearthstone, so I don't or Hearthstone, so I don't mm-hmm. know about that one. But uh, this is so up my alley as to be like, I've been saving this for Gary Nip and, (laughs) you know, for perpetual games, uh, a general rule uh, when we do them for the show is we play for 20 hours Mm -hmm. and uh, let me check my, my old play clock because I think it's like 35 hopping on something, hopping on the steam there, taking a look. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I, I played more of this than I needed to uh, (laughs) for the show (laughs) because I was so uh, enamored with it. Yeah. Um. Uh, 44 hours wow so, zowie so, some of that was uh leaving it on like got up and went, yeah, you know, yeah. Or the usual so, steam unreliability on the hour count yeah but I, I put a lot of hours in this because i thought it was uh neat mm-hmm. it is neat uh you play as the forces of hell you're the good guys don't worry it's not like super edgy or anything uh you're attempting to unfreeze your home because them dang old angels they froze it over they did. Yeah. Uh, and the way that you do this is you take your pyre, which is the last little bit of flame in hell, uh, to the core of the realm aboard a train called the Bone Splitter. <laughs> uh, and doing uh, you, while you're taking it there, you're going to be besieged by heaven's forces, mm-hmm. and you have to defend your yeah. pyre. 
I, I may, I, 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 it might be the bone shaker. Is it the bone shaker or the bone splitter? I think it's actually the bone shaker. The bone, uh, shaker. bone splitter in the notes, but I think it is the bone shaker. But yes. to your next note, it don't matter. Yeah. I, I don't want to offend <laughs> anybody who likes the story or anybody who had a hand in making it. This does have a lot of lore to it. Like each card has a little description. It's it's so secondary to what's to like what's coolest about this. When it's really wordy too, I, yeah. I was kind of surprised. Like when I turned on lore and each, it was like having to read a Metroid Prime log for every card, <laughs> and I and not having to, but having a Metroid Prime log. Like yeah. it was beefy paragraphs, and I was just like, ah, you know the the way the magic does this, which is the closest you know comparison I had mm-hmm. for that kind of like flavor text, is like a quote. You know, it'll have like a little quote or like a tiny little scene, but it would be very brief. And then you'd put it all together. These are codex entries. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not necessarily here for a codex, even though some of these things do have cool flavor. Yeah, Um, yeah. So we're not going to be talking about that a whole lot. There'll be a little bit more when we talk about the the clans and the bosses uh, and champions and stuff like that. But I understand that just because we are not talking about it doesn't mean it's not there if you want to go look for it. Yeah. If you want to look for it, or if you're listening and you happen to work on the game, mm-hmm. no uh, offense intended. I love this video game. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is our roguelike structure for this episode. We're going to hit the loop. Uh, we're going to talk about the development, and then we're going to go and talk about the clans and the champions, the bosses, which are the kind of the particulars. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of zooming out and then zooming in. Yeah. Kind of the meta strategies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as part of that zoom, as we talk about kind of just the broad mechanics, we're going to start at the closest level of zoom here. Uh, most zoomed in, uh, talking about the battles, and then we're going to pull out to like the meta game, what you are uh, oh, yeah. working toward yeah. between your runs. Because uh, this is actually yes. like really breezy as far as roguelikes go. Yeah, there's quite a bit of uh, progress, and the way that they can get away get away with that is through like a covenant, you know, um, ascension mm-hmm. kind of uh, system to it, um, which I always like as an option. Yeah, because I, I tend to engage with it a little bit and then stop. Yeah, I feel good about that. yeah. Um, so this is a uh, you are defending three levels of your train with a fourth level uh, that you don't defend directly that has your pyre. Mm-hmm. Uh, enemies enter at the bottom on the right side, uh, usually, and they move up usually one floor per round. Yes. Um, if they survive. So they are, you know, the enemy is deploying uh, creatures, critters, entities in that zone, and you are deploying countermeasures. Uh, if they reach your pyre up at the top, um, they'll attack it. Your pyre counts as a creature. It will retaliate, but its health doesn't regenerate. You know, between uh, battles, uh, naturally. So either, you know, the enemy will die or your pyre will die. And if your pyre dies, that's it for you. If the enemy dies, then you either go on to the next round or you won the battle if it was the boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, this is, you know, your job is to protect the pyre and you do this. You have uh, cards that you draw. This is a deck builder. Uh, and cards will either summon units or cast spells. Um, and yeah, each of those is represented by a card. You draw five at a time and you play them and there's like a mana cost. Although in this game it's called, yes. uh, called Ember. Ember. Yeah. And deck builder is not such a big genre that, uh, people automatically know what that is. Um, it's, it's a game where you start off with a, uh, a card game, like something like magic or what have you, but where you start off with a, a small number of weak cards and, throughout the game you get new cards and 
kind of call weak cards from your deck. Mm -hmm. So you end end the game with a specific deck that you have, but each time is different. You go through the at like it is a game to build your deck. It's not mm -hmm. like magic where you build a thing in your off time and then bring it to a, a a challenge. Yeah, and you know part of that process and something that happens you know with this in the roguelike structure is as you progress through a particular run, you're given choices. You know between usually three cards, maybe two cards at a time, or you're going to be buying them. Um, so it, this is a game that is constantly and a type of game that is constantly forcing you to make uh, to make decisions. Uh, Interesting, are, meaningful decisions. Yes, that are that are fun to make and jump the power curve. <laughs> like this is not a very restrained game. No, not at all. Uh, you can you make choices and the things you're choosing look cool and fun usually. <laughs> yeah, and usually what determines what you take uh, is you know what's available. Yes, but also how you are specializing uh, for a particular run, what clan you are, what subset of the powers you're going to be focusing on, stuff like that. Um, all stuff we will explain. Yes. So when you summon a unit in, you place them on any of the first three floors um, and the marching order matters, you know, so this is a little bit, you know, even like visually presented kind of like Darkest Dungeon a little bit mm -hmm. um, where, you know, if you have somebody at the front there, they will generally take damage first. Um, and when they die, the next person goes up in turn. There are ways to get around that. Um, there are spells that you can do uh, at the enemy that will select particular targets. But broadly, you want to put durable units in the front, unless you have a build that depends on your your, your guys dying. Uh, they really kind yes. of play with every part of the box when it comes to you know some of these uh, some of these assumptions. And to stop you from just completely overloading a particular floor. Each floor has a, sp uh, a space allotment, and each unit has a size value. So really powerful units might be bigger and take up more space, meaning you can play fewer of them. Yeah. So you, so you can think of that um, a little bit like equipment slots. Yeah. You know, if uh, if the magic DNA of this puts you off, think of each floor as having slots like in Mario RPG or something. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, you place the characters here, like they have different uh, different weights. Yeah. You know, how much uh, space the room they take up. Um, the units have health and attack. Uh, it will get, again, similar to magic. Um, sometimes they have armor, which is like spirit hearts. Mm -hmm. um, this can be bypassed from time to time. And once it's gone, it's gone. Um, but you can also add armor to a unit. You can buff them mm -hmm. with armor. Uh, but think spirit hearts like an Isaac. Um, spell cards have a lot of different various effects. And they're really dependent on the clan. So each clan kind of has a different, a uh, couple different mechanics they focus on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and there are five clans, as we mentioned. So we will talk about those spells individually mm -hmm. um, when we talk about the clans. But for a creature, for example, everyone gets this train steward who is just a basic creature. Uh, takes one to cast, um, <laughs> takes up two spaces, and has five attack and eight health. Yeah. And Pretty straight up the middle of the that. It, Yeah. Jergoomba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for your spells, broadly, they fall into categories like damage, buff, debuff, um, and hand and card manipulation relating to draws, mm -hmm. relating to your discard pile, um, things like that. Um, in addition to size, uh, units also have these uh, ember mana costs, uh, and that is what determines generally when your uh, when your when your round is over. Uh, when you run out, you discard your remaining cards um, in your hand, and then the actual combat goes. 
Yeah. And unlike something like um, Plants vs. Zombies Heroes, or uh, I think this is how Hearthstone is as well, your uh, ember doesn't increase every turn. Right. You have a set, like, stat. So every turn you have three ember to spend until you buff that with a card or a power-up. Mm-hmm. Um, discarded cards uh, will be shuffled back into your deck. Um, when the draw pile is empty, so you can get them again. But uh, used spell, used creatures, killed units are removed from play. Mm-hmm. Uh, used spells are just discarded. You can get them again. Yeah. Used creatures are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they die, they're out of play until the next battle. So you can run out of out of critters. Yep, and uh, that sucks on longer runs yeah. when you are not prepared. <laughs> just like you, you can go and look uh, at your deck and not see the order that they're coming in, but just like what is still available to draw so you can figure out what your probabilities are. Uh, it is a sinking feeling when you look up there and see that you've only got like a train steward left. Yeah, especially, you know, the bosses coming up to the third floor. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you thought that the second floor would stop them. And then you do, then you do the quick panicked pyre math. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's yep, the yep. chance i can get out of this round alive no, oh yep. man uh when combat starts each units uh each side's units will attack uh the enemy going first generally um and uh you work through the enemy ranks uh, uh from front to back to deducting each attacking card's attack value from the defending cards uh armor and then their health pretty basic yes you know you, you would understand this if you looked at it yeah magic um, I keep saying magic like everyone has played magic, but just yeah. like there's so many card games that have taken off, you know, have, have done that. Yeah. That, you know, Pokemon. Yeah. That, 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 that's that's uh, the know. closest one for me. Yeah. Um, so uh, generally there's just a single exchange, like a volley between the two and nobody has to die. Like they mm-hmm. can survive. Um, if the rank and file enemies, they will then go to the next floor. Um, at this point, to either fight, you know, either you have defenses there or you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there are bosses that have a quality uh, called Relentless. And this means the combat continues until either side is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the caveat being that once the combat begins, you do not get to intervene to either heal or do um, or cast any spells. You have to hope that your actual units are equipped to overcome. Uh, the game is really transparent about how uh, how rounds will resolve. You can actually look at the unit and see uh there will be an x if the of the combat will resolve with them dying or there will be a negative number maybe even a positive number um if they're going to be alive after this um so that helps you you know understand like okay what units am i going to be sending up uh is is usually the next uh the next thing all the randomness is in which cards you get yes um none of the randomness is in the mechanics it's all deterministic yeah there are no so dice again, rolls or coin to, flips yep similar to into the breach or slay the spire mm-hmm. in that respect yeah um so uh progress combat has a, a finite number of waves you can see how many you have mm-hmm. uh, until the final wave which is usually the boss that has relentless and it is tougher mm-hmm. um and kind of throughout these rounds you're trying not just to kind of meet the challenge of the enemies that are there but you also want to set up your machine your kind of deck Mm-hmm. through your clans uh so as you go from round to round battle to battle the difficulty is going to escalate but you are also steadily improving yeah and working towards a strategy yeah even within a particular round you know you need to like develop your uh your, your floor like develop basically your tower defense um and most clans have some kind of buff that will accrue through actions um mm-hmm. and a lot of these waves they get more tough as they go along 
um and you know what you want is by the time the boss gets here to not be to not just have threadbare defenses but to actually um have set things up successfully enough to where they can wipe it out uh, with no problem yeah so you can spare you, you can spare your pyre um the uh the damage most units will accrue power mm-hmm. in in some sense either through dying coming back to life or through rejuvenate or through uh buffs you give them and everything you don't really want to be throwing base units at the boss right um base in multiple ways because there's a, a meta way to improve them as well you can mm-hmm. improve just upgrade the cards yes um when you're doing this you're generally building towards a uh, a clan strength uh which kind of either goes through their special status effects that they have um mm-hmm. each clan has uh you know shares them you know like so two clans might share one mm-hmm. status effect like so for example rage is the uh the signature status effect of the basic clan the mario clan but the last clan also has rage mm-hmm. powers um we'll talk about all those things when we get to the clan um we also you build around a champion which we'll talk about mm-hmm. Um, which will have different kind of build suggestions. Yes. Um, so that's individual battles. Let's talk about uh, the anatomy of a run. Uh, what is the mm-hmm. loop for a particular run? Uh, we mentioned these clans, um, and that is a major part of this, not only um, picking your clan, your main clan at the beginning, but something that is huge about Monster Train uh, as a big uh, differentiator uh, is the fact that you have an allied clan as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which really contributes to that magic feeling mm-hmm. for me. Like you are straight up playing like you know green black decks mm-hmm. in this, the same way you would in a magic. Um, your main clan it determines the bulk of your cards that you have available at the start, and your champion. Uh, but you can build towards your backup clan. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, these choices you get between battles will favor one clan or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so three times per run. Uh, you'll get a chance to upgrade and customize your champion. Uh, there are three total specializations for each champion, mm-hmm. and you will get two options of them for each run. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let's just to put it really simply, like a character might have like a strength build, a defense build, and like an agility build. That's mm-hmm. not true. But let's just, you know, just to put it yeah, in terms yeah. that any gamer could, could understand. And at the beginning of the run, you have the option between strength and agility. Mm-hmm. And each time you get to one of these nodes, you can upgrade along that path. Uh, you can multi-class, um, which, it, you know, you you can just double down on one thing and become mm-hmm. very powerful in it. But some of the multi-class options between these are very powerful. Yeah. Um, and work together really, really well. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's always worth thinking about that choice. This is, this is peeking ahead, but something that I really like about Monster Train is that you're not just making these choices blind. You know, you're not going to be aware of like what, uh, you know, merchants or artifacts are going to be coming at you, but you can look down the road and see which versions of the bosses you're going to be fighting, uh, including the last boss. And the last boss is specifically designed to thwart particular uh, kinds of builds. Um, And with that simple piece of information, you can avoid uh, stepping on a rake if you uh, so choose. Yeah. 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 It's one of those things where uh, this ended up bumping ahead of slay the spire for me mm-hmm. because slay the spire you cannot preview your boss and one of them is just meant to absolutely hard counter mm-hmm. a pretty common strategy and you have no idea what if you get that if you've been building towards that and you get that character you're fucked 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, that you know, this Time Stop guy, people who played Slay the Spire know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, that is a horribly designed boss. That's like the worst thing about that game. <laughs> um, here, at least, you can plan for it, so you can see what's available. Yeah, and I will step out here and say this: I won't be speaking for you, Gary, because you've played both of them. I've played a little bit of Slay the Spire. It's it's kind of intimidating. I like Monster Train because it is pretty accommodating. Um, like it is definitely a little bit more casual. It feels like. Um, mm-hmm. while also doing different things like the, uh, the, the unit placement specifically brings an element of like almost just like a strategy game to this, um, that I appreciate, um, as opposed to individual one-on-one duel kind of things. So yeah. I will own that this game appeals to me more because it is more friendly. It's easier. Yeah. Like it's, I, I like to slay, slay the spire quite a bit. This is easier and it's more full of treats. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get really broken stuff and slay the spire, like really fun things, but this is a little bit more, out of control mm-hmm. you know and the the swings are a little bit bigger yeah like when you when you find stumble upon a synergy or stumble upon a broken combo in this it's really fucking broken <laughs> it's so broken like you, you you're just like oh like i'm doing you know 87 damage per per turn through mm-hmm. frostbite like pretty easily <laughs> oh and i have a thing that doubles all the frostbite on a unit well, yeah okay you know i i like i got a a boss kill at the end you get rated based on how quickly you kill them and you can kill them before the final rounds <laughs> so and fun. i got a negative six <laughs> boss thing i was like holy shit you know yeah. that's great uh just through just stumbling upon something very broken and fun it is this is a good genre and game for gamer treats mm-hmm. uh which I enjoy. Yeah. As a gamer, when I open my mouth, I'd like to see a treat thrown into it. Mm-hmm. By you. By you, the developer. Yeah. Or you know, yeah. any, if any, any, I won't. I won't. I won't turn. I won't turn any treats away, regardless of where they come from. No, I'm not going to look a treat horse in the mouth. Like, no. <laughs> it's a uh, treat trotters. Welcome here. Yeah. Welcome uh, to my mouth stable. <laughs> uh, you don't get. Geez, don't say mouth stable, please. Um, <laughs> Uh, so you, you don't get a uh, you don't get uh, a champion from your allied clan. Uh, you really get spells, and you are able to uh, uh, recruit units uh, for, for, from those. Mm-hmm. But it's really important. Like all of these clans are extremely different, um, and part of the fun for me was w- once I unlocked a new one, or once I tried a new one, feeling like I was stepping into an alien world. And also, mm-hmm. like, even putting one in the allied slot, it was like, okay, I cannot assume that I will have access to easy regen. Um, how in the world am I going to make these two damage-focused clans work together without any real defense? Stuff like that. You yeah. end up, like, solving a bunch of questions um, that arise when your assumptions about the way things are supposed to work are proved wrong when the combinations are wildly uh, variable. Yeah, yeah. And they did something really clever. This is also moving ahead, but it's worth mentioning now mm-hmm. in the order in which they introduced them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because each clan not only has a specialty and kind of an ease of use, but different clans will work better as allies yeah. than other clans. And the first clan you get is kind of boring, mm-hmm. um, but it's a really, really dependable ally. Yeah. Like the first clan, you know, direct damage, uh, damage buffs and armor. That's useful to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's like by the time you get bored of that clan, you unlock the second one, you can go to the second one and have the first one be your allied clan and get a significant boost. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the third clan, the second clan that you have is a really good ally for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the third clan is very fragile and the second clan is all beef boys. Yes. Um, after that, it gets a little bit more specialized, but there's a really <laughs> gentle and kind of clever <laughs> ramp up in the beginning. Yeah. 
Um, love it. So you start out with, uh, a, uh, you know, kind of a, de- a dependable um, amount and variety of cards. So you get a few allied cards. Uh, you'll get some randi- random allied clan cards uh, after combat. Like you get packs when you, uh, uh, mm-hmm. in between battles. Uh, packs of cards where you can choose one of three. Uh, and you can also uh, recruit these allied units along the way. Uh, we'll talk about the overworld events when we get there. Um, another choice that you make at the beginning that will really impact things is the uh, the starting artifact. Um, artifacts will change will change and make or break your run. Uh, there are some of these that I like when I see them. It's like, oh, it's going to be this kind of party now. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a these are these are things you should prioritize. Yes. Um, and again, this is basically the Spire DNA. It, it is similar in this way. Um, they're just, uh, you know, pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible artifacts. Um, you should always aim towards these, basically. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that I will not, uh, you know, get one of these if the choice presents itself, even if it's just a random one. Yeah. Um, and these will be uh, absolutely huge. It's It's hard to understate you know, how big of an effect these have, um, you know, in a, in a thing where you start out with three Ember, uh, three <laughs> mana, there's a, you can very easily start out with a thing that's like all your units cost negative two. Mm-hmm. So almost everything's free. Yeah. What does my, what does my run look like if my creatures are free? Well, uh, I can <laughs> then buy really expensive spells, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I don't have to worry about getting my, my units on the board. Um, and I can get more expensive creatures because they'll just be like normals. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really fun to see these. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still saw uh, new ones even when I stopped. Yeah. Um, you know, that I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of variety here. Yeah. Um, and also like these, there, there are some that everybody can get, but there are also ones that are uh, tailored to a particular clan's, uh, you know, kind of special uh, uh, special stats. And their specialties mm-hmm. and their builds and stuff like that, including ones that make it so that like status status effects, either buffs or, or debuffs, don't decay. Um, yeah. Things like that. One that's associated with the Hellhorned because I played you know the basic Mario class uh, because I played with them in my allied slot so often. Uh, the, the like ha, like how good is the Unbroken Horn, Gary? The one that conserves your Ember between turns. Yeah, yeah, that's that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's like, really, really good. Oh, okay. So all of a sudden, I can just save the ember up, and there are cards that end up, you know, instead of doing a fixed amount of damage, they will uh, do damage based on how much ember you have at your uh, at your disposal. Uh, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll they'll spend it, so it's like a multi m- multiplier kind of thing. Like th- that is a blessed artifact that will absolutely alter a run for you. Yeah, or the one, uh, any of them where the uh, the stats that will decay will not decay. Mm-hmm. So if you get the, like, Rage does not decay mm-hmm. uh, on the Hellhorn, Rage is a temporary buff to attack, uh, but it just makes it not temporary. So yeah. adding Rage tends to be really cheap, and a lot of units can do it. Um, <laughs> if you have that artifact, your units will just continually get more attack power throughout the entire run. Mm-hmm. the entire battle uh incredibly fucking cool yeah um really really fun and one of the things you know when i talked about this game letting you jump the curve like monster train wants you to have fun it wants to yeah. give you really powerful fun treats it doesn't want necessarily to be uh you know this balanced hardcore thing mm-hmm. um and a big part of that is through the artifacts yes 
let's talk about the world that you uh, that mm-hmm. you go through. Uh, just like real hell, the hell in this game has. Uh, uh, <laughs> wouldn't that be a surprise if I came out believing that hell is real? Oh, like hell, you know, the place where people but not go. Heaven. Yeah, yeah. Never... <laughs> like you, you just believe, you just believe in hell. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, we, no, no, no. There's, uh, I believe in a God that will eternally torment somebody. <laughs> eternity. Yeah, no, no. I, you're, yeah, right. no, no, yeah. No, I think that, yeah, I think that's reasonable and good. And I think that's yeah. something that makes sense in my cosmology. Uh, every eternity. Time, every time you question me, I get more certain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is uh, hot in here. And every time you think that, it gets one degree hotter. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, hell here consists of nine rings, uh, just like hell does beginning in limbo and going toward the frozen core. Uh, and you're going to fight eight total battles uh, in a given run uh, when you cross between the rings. Yes. Um, and each time you defeat a battle and get to the start of a ring, uh, you choose which track to take, left or right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to see what stops on the side. These are little, like, cunity chest. Mm-hmm. You know, these these are little nodes. Um, you know, there every once in a while you'll get something at, you know, it'll be available on both lines mm-hmm. uh, at the bottom. So, like, no matter what, you're getting this. Um, but you're choosing, uh, you know, do I want to recruit a unit, power up my spells and get some money, or do mm-hmm. I want to heal my pyre, get rid of some cards in my deck and get a random artifact? Yeah. Um, making choices based on that each time. And mm-hmm. it's kind of part of the reason why I find this game so fucking engaging is that like, mm-hmm. you're constantly making meaningful choices. Yeah. Never ending. You know, we talked about <laughs> Final Fantasy X a little bit, like how I like how frequently you level up in that game. Mm-hmm. It was when I was younger, when I first played it, I was like, oh, I'm always making cool choices. When we revisited, it, it was like, ah, you know, a lot of the time it's like pretty Just obvious pro- choices. Progressing down a down a track. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really not that. But here, like in this type of game, I am always deciding between two really cool, optimal things that both seem useful. Mm-hmm. It's so rarely is this a no-brainer. <laughs> like, and and that's uh that felt awesome to me. Like I was such a huge fan of that. Like there would be things I would prioritize, like artifacts, and if my pyre health was full, I wouldn't I'd try to avoid the one with the heal. Yeah. It doesn't do anything for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but on that side, there's always something I didn't want to give up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, all good. For sure. And, you know, it, it's agonizing when your pyre is like at half health and on one side is the uh, the pyre remains. And on the other side, mm-hmm. there's the uh, there's the horde where you can get a free artifact. And it's like, uh, I don't or the know, artifact man. salesman. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, fuck, man. <laughs> Um, or the, the actual community chest, like mm-hmm. random thing run uh, a spot, which is always great. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just like, imagine if you don't play these types of games, imagine like a shooter where like every gun is fun. Mm-hmm. Like that's what this feels like. It, it's every power up is not just effective and cool, but like pretty fun to use and you're excited to get it. Mm-hmm. Every level up feels great. Yeah. You know, none of this 0.3% frost damage horse shit. <laughs> like this is a small numbers RPG. Every upgrade you get is significant as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's such a good fucking feeling. No dead levels. <laughs> no, de- no dead levels. Uh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. So there's no need to go through like every a single thing that you can do. But this is a point where we mentioned that we should mention that there are merchants. We talked about the uh, the artifacts um, and there are they're, they're, like they're differentiated. So like you, mm-hmm. uh, you there 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 are spell merchants, there are unit merchants, there are artifact merchants. Um, after battles, depending on your performance, you are getting uh, you're getting coins. There are also like special units that you can go out of the way to kill um, mm-hmm. that uh, will give you little bonuses. Diaper uh, cherubs, yeah, little, di- little, little charming di- di- babies, yeah, yeah, little diaper babies, and you just gotta <laughs> kill the diaper baby before he steals your money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's worth, uh, it, it's worth saving a little bit though, because as you go along, the, uh, uh, things get more expensive. 
Well, and uh, at the end of every run before the final boss, there's always an artifact salesman, mm -hmm. uh, which is a chance to blow a lot of money. Um, <laughs> it reminded me of Hades a lot in mm -hmm. that respect. Um, you know, there's always the, the high value shop. Yes. At the end. Yeah. Um, so uh, as we mentioned, these are a couple of things that you can get. Um, you can either get an artifact, a uh, choice of that, heal your pyre, get a unit. Uh, the thing you mentioned merchants, the interesting thing about merchants is in addition to upgrading uh, things, you can also uh, reroll mm -hmm. uh, just once the things on offer. And then you can pay an escalating price to get rid of cards from your deck. Mm -hmm. um, the, the opportunity cost of card draw is something that is like kind of a 201 concept. Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't apply to a lot of other games, but the idea being is that uh, it is a resource to pull a card. So if you're pulling something shitty, you pull that instead of something good. Yeah. Um, so you want to in increase the chances that your deck has powerful pulls, like you get the stuff that you want. Yeah. So like, uh, through like that. for example, over the course of a run, as you recruit more powerful um, units that are from within your clan, either your main or your allied, uh, you might want to start purging those uh, those um, train stewards, those automata, yeah. the, you know, the basic units, uh, because, you know, every time you draw, you could get one of those instead of the things that you might have spent uh, resources on. Um, or mm -hmm. you would want to, you know, draw something that will um, mature, right, early on so yes. you can place it. Um, it sucks to draw a train steward when you were really hoping for something else. Same, uh, something else. Same thing with um, low-level spells, right? Yeah. Yeah, most of the uh, clans have a like a shitty version of their spell mm -hmm. and then a better version you can get. Um, you know, and you usually want to purge the shitty versions if mm -hmm. you can. Uh, um, along with that, there are two of the special events that you can go to, either the Hell Vent or the Unstable Vortex. Uh, the Vortex will let you discard two cards for free or purge two cards mm -hmm. for free, um, whereas the Hell Vent will duplicate a single card that isn't a champion. And this is really important. It will duplicate it, including the upgrades uh, that you have put on it. Yes. Um, upgrades, or it could be a rare card or a unique mm -hmm. card that you got from the Concealed Caverns, which is like your your straight-up community chest. Yes. Um, random events that have uh, trade-offs, but tend to be really good. Like, mm -hmm. you can make something really good come out of these. Um, every once, you know, very rarely I would get something where it's like, this doesn't really fit into my run. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the time, though, the, the results of these things are very powerful. Yeah. Um, you know, either like you'll get some kind of curse cards in your deck in exchange for like a huge benefit, or you'll get a lot of money, or you'll get an artifact in exchange for some health, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, upgrading and kind of how you grow within a run from the outer ring to the inner ring, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Because you're attempting to bolster your ranks, not just with new units and spells and stuff like that. Uh, so you can clear mm -hmm. the borders. Uh, you uh, also want to make the individual ones that you get stronger. What's important about this is that the only damage that's, that stays between runs is damage that is done to your pyre, right? Yeah. Uh, so, like, if you just barely win and you lose all of your units, um, but your pyre stays strong, well, C gets a degree, right? Uh, yeah. You can start over fresh as a daisy the next time, uh, next time you have an encounter. Yeah, it's it's very rare. There are cards that will permanently buff or debuff mm -hmm. on their own between uh, runs, but it's very rare. Yes, and it's almost always permanently buff. Like they almost the ones that play with that mechanic almost only only get better. Mm -hmm. um, 
by default, each card, uh, unit, and spell both have two upgrade slots, um, and they only apply to that individual copy of the card. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have, uh, you know, you start with four train stewards, you give the battle upgrade to them to give them plus 10 attack and plus 10 health. That only happens to one of your cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you then copy that train steward, um, you'll get a copy of that with the upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not good to put points into train stewards but <laughs> yeah. it's just useful because everybody has one yeah uh there it's is like an artifact masturbates or everybody poops yeah <laughs> it's, oh, it's a children's oh, book oh, everybody oh. has train stewards there's oh. that dork on the front the train steward with his bad posture yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh unless you get the artifact that turns train stewards into absolute beasts with uh with damage shield in which case that yeah. changes things to a certain to a yeah. substantial degree um they become good <laughs> yeah uh so you purchase these upgrade these upgrade stones uh shops um and some upgrades are only available when a certain clan is in play like it would make any sense to like get an upgrade that messes with burnout if you're not playing the melting remnant right yeah yep yep um you can upgrade really basic things so like attack health armor and then their size Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are also modifiers, which tend to be more expensive uh, to upgrade and more powerful. So uh, quick means you go before the enemy. Multi-strike means you attack twice. Um, you can make endless, which means when they're defeated, uh, they go back into your hand mm-hmm. um, instead of being put into you know out of the game, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had a lot of really broken things by putting endless on somebody who had a, a good death effect. <sighs> Man, yeah, uh, just endless uh, for units, and then for spells, the uh, I forget what it what it is, but when you hold use over. it, hold over, yeah, and it just it goes right back on top of the deck. <laughs> yeah, yep. so, so like, it stays in your hand, so it just becomes a spell you can use every turn. Mm-hmm. So like uh, making and they're a, expensive, <laughs> but super fucking cool. Yeah, but also uh, you can uh, use one of your upgrade slots to reduce the cost. So like when you're mm-hmm. playing the Stygian Guard, which is kind of the the the, the mage the mage clan, uh, one of the uh, early unlocks you can get is a spell that does like ninety damage um, to every enemy unit, but it only works on the upper floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can make that free and also make it holdover, and then nobody can get close to your pyre because every single round you are doing ninety damage to anybody who is up there. Yeah. Again, to yeah. show just, exactly uh, how broken these synergies can get and how powerful the upgrades are. <laughs> just phenomenally cool. Yeah. Uh, really, really fun. Uh, you pay for it, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also add consume uh, to a spell or it can have consume naturally. You can also mm-hmm. remove consume. And consume makes a spell, uh, treats it like a unit. Yeah. Once you use it, it's gone for the rest of the battle. Um, there's also purge, which when you use the spell or unit, it's gone from the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, purge is rarer. But uh, it does pop up sometimes. Yeah, Purge generally comes with extremely powerful or rare cards that you get from the Concealed Caverns uh, from the yes. special events. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes they're like, they're you know, like powerful potions is what they're coded as in the game, at least visually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, as you uh, progress towards the core, going through these uh, battles, you're going to do battles between each ring. Um, the battle can be made more difficult by opting into a battle effect. Um, I love this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that this isn't like a global modifier that you put on at the beginning of a run. Yeah. Uh, like a super giant way, mm-hmm. you know, uh, these are basically super giant style 
debuffs for you uh, to get a bigger benefit in response, but you choose them a la carte. Mm-hmm. Um, so you say, okay, you know, every enemy that I fight in this could have plus four damage, but in exchange, I'm going to get a random artifact or a draft of a unit or an extra 75 uh, gold mm-hmm. or whatever. And you can choose based on your strength. So if it's the first battle, maybe you don't want to take every enemy gets multi-strike. Yeah. Cause that will fucking kill you. Cause all you have <laughs> is train stewards. Uh-huh. Um, you know, but if it's the, uh, you know, later in the game and you're doing really well, like maybe you could, you could tank that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really love that. This is just literally a toggle you choose before you opt into the battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, like before each, clever. before each battle, like when, when, when you're attacked, you can see the mix of units that are there, like, uh, enemies attack in gangs, uh, which are just kind of these, you know, preset mixtures of people. So you can actually like tell, okay, here's roughly what I'm going to be going up against. These guys are, you know, they're, they're, they're spiked. So maybe I don't want to be taking so much damage or I don't want to, uh, take a, uh, take any kind of thing, uh, any kind of deep buff that will, that will result in me attacking more times to kill things. Cause I'll, I'll do more yeah. damage, you know? So or that I, buffs their spikes or whatever, or like <laughs> these guys cannot have, these guys are really armored. So I cannot take the thing that them heal between floors yes you know versus these guys are really weak it doesn't really matter if they heal between floors mm-hmm. yeah so again the game is giving you the information that you need to make these uh kind of educated choices clear uh trade-offs that are available to you uh mm-hmm. clear trade-offs are a big thumbs up from watch out for fireballs mm-hmm. yeah for making decisions with information mm-hmm. <laughs> you know is really good for mechanics making decisions with imperfect information really, really? good for narratives exactly <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the. Uh, I want it. my narratives to be unpredictable and mm-hmm. tragic. I want my tactics to be tight and uh, satisfying. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, after each battle, uh, you get uh, experience points. You get money. Uh, your score is kind of rated based on like how much uh, you know. If, if your pyre took damage, how quickly you defeated the boss, things like that. Uh, you also get two two clan packs: one for your main clan, one for the uh, the the ally clan. You just get to choose one of three random cards uh, for each. So you're always adding new uh, uh, new things, either spells or units, uh, after every fight. Yeah, and when we say ex- experience, this comes up later, but it's not experience for that run. That is how you unlock uh, the meta. Yes. So the experience you get uh, from battles is how you're going to unlock cards and clans and champions and such. Mm-hmm. Um, the third and sixth fight are boss battles, um, which have like it's a longer battle with waves of normal enemies, usually with this kind of global modifier mm-hmm. and a powerful enemy that kind of flutters between floors, buffing or attacking uh, until they get to the last you know, little bit and then they become relentless. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, and each boss, you know, just so they don't get old, uh, they've got uh, kind of like random versions. Uh, there are three different mm-hmm. uh, battle effects that they can have. So you might get the version of Daedalus, the one who summons explosives, who like summons in explosives that have additional um, uh, damage shields. Or you could summon two of them in at a time. Um, yeah. And you, you can look ahead and see which one of these you're going you're gonna to get. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, once you beat the boss... Uh, here, um, your pyre upgrades does more attack uh, and has more health. Mm-hmm. And then you pick between three uh, permanent boons, um, either an extra ember, um, an extra card draw, or more space per floor. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea if I was doing this optimally. I never picked extra card draw. No. Uh, <laughs> during this whole thing. And when I was looking on, online, people were like, yeah, card draw is the hardest thing to get, you know, to, to get in the game. And I'm like, yeah, but also I'm doing um, pretty good. With with more space and uh, doing more space for the first one, and then Ember for the second one. Yeah, uh, consistently. 
Uh, the, the one time I could see it being most useful um, is either for um, the Stygian Guard, uh, if you get anything that makes the lower level spells free. Um, yeah. Because, like, you can have uh, as many card draws as you want, but if you don't have the Ember to actually use what's there, it's just going to end up cycling through the uh, the discard anyway. So it feels, it feels unsatisfying at the very least, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it would also make sense for um, the Umbra, or rather the, uh, I, I forget what it is, the... Uh, penumbra yes uh for the penumbra uh which uh relies on getting a ton of uh morsel units and your deck is going to be mostly uh little 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 buddies who will be eaten to buff uh to buff your guys yeah yeah with that it felt like i wanted the extra space on the floor so Mm -hmm. badly with the penumbra like i could understand what they were going for with this as a trade-off but it, Mm -hmm. it just felt like even the the unit you know the uh the clans i would maybe want the card draw for i wanted the other things more yeah um additionally um, like i ended up t- taking extra ember quite frequently um especially mm-hmm. early on uh because you know if you have strong units that require three ember uh you can't do anything else that turn unless it's a free card so um yeah but like even just that first upgrade is a huge deal for you yeah, th- these are both very meaningful upgrades. I think the reason why the internet was saying card draw was advantageous is because you don't get it from a uh, Concealed Caverns event. Oh, yeah. Um, whereas you can get uh, their Concealed Cavern events that will give you plus one ember and plus one space yeah. on all your, your floors, mm-hmm. um, as well as like artifacts that will fuck with that. But card, card draw is a little bit harder to get. Yeah. Um, you also end up getting rare cards after boss battles. Mm-hmm. So these are either powerful units or spells. Um, and you unlock these by leveling up your clan with experience between mm-hmm. rounds. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about that in the metagame loop. Um, the gate at the core is guarded by the run's final, bo- uh, final boss, uh, a version mm-hmm. of kind of the, the, the big bad Seraph. Um, they have more, uh, variants. They have four variants instead of three. Um, and Seraph is a big deal. Um, and this was something that was actually patched in uh, early on. You were not able to look at the end to see which version of Seraph you're going to get. Um, and so yeah. each of Seraph's four builds are meant to shut out um, one kind of run. Uh, you know, each of Seraph's Ser- uh, four versions is meant to block out one kind of build on your part. There we go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's it's really great that they made that uh, transparent. You know, mm-hmm. that was something that uh, into the breach Yes. You know, and like Slay the Spire, but into the breach, I remember being the first game where people were like, hey, what if we just tell mm-hmm. the, you know, the player what the, the enemy is going to do? Yeah. Um, you know, that is not a, a, a bug. Right. That, you know, that's actually incredible. Um, it makes for better design. Mm-hmm. Um, so every after every run, the two clans that you used will gain the experience uh, for the run. And as the clans level up, you'll unlock a new clan card. Um, there are also some non-clan cards mm-hmm. that are unlocked as you accumulate, uh, XP kind of colorless cards that work for everyone. Yep. And then at level five, uh, you unlock the exiled champion for the clan, uh, which is another champion with a whole new play style, uh, three different, uh, you know, starting builds, new set of starting cards. Um, these were added in. Yes. Uh, these weren't originally in the game. These were patched in. Mm-hmm. And also just in, you know, watch out for firewalls, aiming at a moving target fashion. We're recording this before the D- the first major DLC. Yes. For this comes out as well, uh, which will have new, has a totally new clan mm-hmm. um, to it. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I tried to get in on the beta and did not. Yeah. It was so. like a weekend event, like here very recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just missed it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like, I want to do this. And they're like, nah. <laughs> nah, I'm, dude, I'm watching no. i'm watching very closely for the for when that dlc comes out 
Um, oh yeah, I mean, I, I will put, I will master that other plan. <laughs> I, I will, so. I will have it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, the Exile Champions are huge. Uh, they are either much more specialized or even just like like they they come out of the gate just a little bit more viable. It feels like, uh, but mm-hmm. they they require you to look at your clans, um, the to look at your clans um, power set from a different point of view. Yeah. Like they they fully explore the theme of each of these clans. Yes. Between these two champions, it's it's pretty impressive. Um, when you start out, uh, you only have two clans available: the Hellhorned and the Awoken. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Hellhorned is the Mario. The Awoken is like the beef Mario, <laughs> like a Wario. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. Um, and then the other three clans are unlocked by meeting certain requirements, like defeating a certain number of enemies mm-hmm. across the runs. Yes. Um, it's always really big deal and fun when you mm-hmm. unlock a new clan and yeah. because you're not just getting a new champion or whatever, and you're getting a whole new card set and several new mechanics mm-hmm. to play with. Big deal. Uh, and they don't wait to the end of a run to tell you, uh, if you qualify for it, mm-hmm. the second that you meet the, the, that you meet it, you'll get a little message that says, ah, yes, you have a new clan ready for you. Uh, next time you mm-hmm. go. Uh, which I enjoy. Do not delay that gratification, please. Yeah. <laughs> I, another thing this game does better than some roguelikes to me is the way it does the uh, covenant system. Yeah. Um, this is similar to Ascensions or what have you in Slay the Spire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have covenant ranks that you uh, complete with certain clan combinations. Um, and the cool thing about these, there are 25 of them, and they are generally uh, just challenges, yeah. uh, increases challenges, but they're not all challenges, which is the thing I liked about it. Like, you can mm-hmm. start out with some extra cards in your deck, and sometimes that can be huge. Like, the mm-hmm. first Covenant rank is actually a boon for you. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they get more more difficult in kind of increasingly granular ways. Um, I end up getting to, like, Covenant 7 or 8, mm-hmm. you know, which I was more looking for the the breath, breath, breath. Mm-hmm. Breath. Why? Why can I? Why, what? What am I trying to say? It's not breath like breathing. Yeah, breath. 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 Like God, breath. that's a hard word to say. Yeah. Yeah. The wideness. <laughs> I was going for the thickness. The, the, the expansiveness. I was. Yeah. I was. I was looking for it to get wider, not deeper. Yes. Yes. I wanted the puddle, not the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when it came to this uh, this kind of thing. So, um, the. Uh, I didn't end up going very far far in the covenants. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to collect all the cards. Yeah. Um, here, the way that you like beat the game, quote unquote, like completely, is to uh, rank up to covenant level twenty five, mm-hmm. and that is how you see the credits. And it's brutal. Like all the <laughs> enemies are tougher. You take mandatory damage at your pyre when you start the run. Things like that. Like it's very tough. The 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 thing for me that made it hard to operate higher than covenant one or two uh, was the very very steep increase in boss HP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are certain clans where I just found like I am not putting out enough DPS to actually overcome this. Um, so that just meant that just meant that I needed to spend more time figuring out how to use their powers. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and you have to have a little bit like more luck. True. Sure. You know, you cease being able to have squeakers. Mm-hmm. You know, I will never be able to squeak through this. I need to actually uh you know, absolutely stomp this yeah. for it to work. Uh, let's talk um, about the aesthetics yeah. and then kind of the, uh, uh, so, some development details about this before we get into the particulars. Um, I at first mm-hmm. was really put off by the look of this game. It's uh it's very generic looking to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks very hearthstone um, very, uh, mobile, like raid shadow legends <laughs> or something to me. Yeah. 
um, the more time that I spent with it, though, I came to appreciate uh, how versatile the look was for um, differentiating the units and the clans from each other. So mm-hmm. at least that was that was good and nice. I wouldn't say it's a beautiful game, but I think that the the aesthetic is functional uh, and stops it from being like you know, especially like you know, grim or monotone, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't look like a like a middle school art project like Slay the Spire does. <laughs> like it looks professional. It's just a little anonymous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it it definitely does the job. Like mm-hmm. everything looks different, and it's it's got a certain kind of tone to it. Yeah. That is really silly. Like the the people who are made of candles, which is a cool haunting idea, are also gangsters. <laughs> and like that's you know, that's that's real goofy. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's maybe a little goofy for me to think that's really cool. <laughs> even though there are monsters in that that look cool. Uh-huh. You know? Cause it, cause people made of candles. Yeah. Like being the beast scared the shit out of me. <laughs> like that little dude. Lumiere, more like Lumiere. Lumiscare. Yeah. <laughs> the original Wax Legion. <laughs> uh the, the little guy. But um it it does the job. The music I think is actually really good. The music I've had it like stuck in my head. I've been humming it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's fantastic. There there are lots of tracks too. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. The, the little the the post battle music. Like that's really really good. Yep. Um. Yeah. So it's a really good soundtrack. Um. But it's also largely a game that lives in numbers and, and, and such. So it actually works really well as a podcast game. Mm-hmm. Um, I put this on and listen to audiobooks. So Notice. a big portion of my uh, monster training experience was learning about the Holocaust. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> so, I uh, was in the middle of, I, I started rewatching uh, on cinema while I played. So, Oh, that, that would be a great combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Good. Uh, good the vaping good. legion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The electric sun faction. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it, it's a spell. Cost two mana. It's called empty, empty bottle. bottle. Yep. Consume. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Uh, So about the development, uh, I was not able to find too many details. There's an interview that uh, the lead designer did, uh, and that's where I pulled the information from. I believe it was on Rock, Paper, Shotgun. Uh, The the Monster Train was the result of a game jam um, held by the developer. Mm -hmm. Um, And the original version was quite different. Uh, You were in a castle, not a train, and you were trying to protect treasure. Uh, But the bones of the system were there. The biggest difference being that the earliest version was real time, not turn based, making it more akin to a tower, uh, tower defense game. Yeah, yeah, which would make this would change the rhythm of it completely. Yes, like I love I love tower defense actually, but like mm-hmm. I'm glad this is what it is. Yes, I guess more. Um, they uh, decided really early on not to make it free to play uh, because they didn't want the game design to lose out to business decisions, which is great. Mm-hmm. I was much happier just spending, you know, twenty bucks on this or whatever than. You know, subscribing to it for 99 cents to get a chance to get you know, packs <laughs> yeah. every month or whatever. Only being able to play a certain number of rounds in a day. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that, which would yeah. be horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some online features, uh, Hellrush mode and daily challenges. Um, I haven't really fucked around with this. No. Uh, you can, it does tell you like when I would, you know, get to a higher covenant rank, it'd be like, you're higher than this person on your friends mm-hmm. list. And I was like, I don't, oh man, how long has it been? I don't know anybody on my Steam friends list. Is. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I tried to, I really wish I'd never opted in that. And I've been trying to opt out of it for years. Uh-huh. Uh, but if that's something that you like, 
mm-hmm. uh, you can do it. Yeah, that mm-hmm. uh, that functions on um, Xbox as well for your gamer tag. This is on Game Game mm-hmm. Pass. If that factors into anybody's kind of calculus, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll just skip right to the end here. If you have that, and there is basically no cost for you picking this up, uh, fucking do it. It's really good. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be a fool. <laughs> you you absolute buffoon uh yeah. no so uh well something that does seem pretty neat is the ability to author challenges like you just get access mm-hmm. to, the, to the to the tools that will affect a run and you can uh generate a little code to send out to friends um yeah hell rush is neat yeah. in concept even if i would never do it because i don't really play games with people um mm-hmm. but uh it's like an asynchronous race mode yeah, just to see how fast you can do it. But I don't really want to play this game to see how fast I can do it. Nope. Um, you know, going back to it not being real time, like I'm not, that's yeah. not a, a challenge access I'm interested in. Um, we're playing this and talking about it post an update called Friends and Foes, which was released September of last year. That is the one that added new bosses and the additional champion for each clan. Uh, that is crazy good for free content. Yeah. <laughs> the additional champion is so transformative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can say that on this show. Um, and it, it's, a uh, that's a, that's guppy. Okay. Me. Sorry. Okay. Cool. All right. Sorry. For the, right. like the 300 people maybe who know what that is. Um, <laughs> But uh, And there's an actual proper D- DLC coming out called The Last Divinity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in development. They had that beta. I didn't get into it. No, I'm mm-hmm. not bitter about it. Um, it contains a, a sixth clan, which I really wanted to be able to talk about for yeah. uh, the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started by, I started this game thinking, yeah, you know, I'll play with this and, uh, you know, DLC can come and go. And now I am very hungry for it. So uh, oh, yeah. good on you. Uh, one thing that is kind Goop of, a, on, yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, one thing that is, uh, uh, kind of a bummer is the limited number of platforms this, that this is available on right now. It's only switch and Xbox platforms, uh, I believe, uh, no, not, it's only PC and Xbox platforms. This would kill on switch. This would kill on iOS. One imagines mm-hmm. that they are headed in that direction, but I don't know the size of the studio or what their arrangements are, uh, for porting and stuff. So. Yeah. This has been on my, my radar for so long as, as Gary Nip. And the reason why I was waiting is because I wanted it on Switch. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't for, you know, William having us do it for the show, I would have taken the plunge. And I'm really glad I did. Yeah. Um, it even got me, like, Dicey Dungeons was the other, like, Gary Nip game I knew existed uh-huh. that I've been waiting to show up on, you know, various mobiles. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, went ahead and got it. Yeah, I, I went like, and got that. Mm-hmm. I got that on Switch last night. I used some of my Ooh, some some of my weird that. eShop coins that I yeah my my platinum I, points. I forget that I like it just go like oh one you, Wario buck. You, you can you can buy you can buy a game for free because you bought other games. Okay, that's weird. All right, yeah, <laughs> Sign it's me so up, weird I that guess. they expire. Yeah, like every once in a while I'll get an. I don't buy like tons of games on there that give me big discounts and mm-hmm. I end up using the discounts as they show up, but I'll get an email and it's just like, you have, you know, 34 platinum points and I'll click mm-hmm. on the link and be like, do you want these limited edition Pikmin cups? <laughs> Fuck no. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> What what did you say to me? Uh, <laughs> the, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it oh, 600 platinum points to get these limited edition Pikmin cops. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is for somebody. Somebody is buying every first party Nintendo game in order to get <laughs> Super Pikmin cops. But not me. Um, so, uh, we're going to talk about the clans. We're not going to talk, talk about every card because there are tons of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about the general theme 
of the cards. Um, we're also not going to talk too much about the clanless spells. Uh, these mostly have to do with the train and your pyre. Um, these tend to be pretty basic. There are some neat ones, mm-hmm. um, including one I never got. There's a character you can recruit who's like a cursed character. You can recruit Ooh. through the uh, um, the concealed cavern. Did you ever get that guy? No. He's like an illusionist. No, I didn't. It's a weird magician you can get. I, I never got him, and I'm irritated about it. I kept trying mm. to like yesterday. I played a couple runs, specifically trying to uh, to gain this guy. Right. Um, he's the mysterious figure, uh, and he gives you his name is Dante, uh, Dante the Deceptive, mm. and you get like special special cards from this guy. Um, and he is based around like kind of a run archetype that I've never fucked with, which is having more of the uh, negative cards mm. in your deck. Um, he gets uh, more powerful the more negative cards you have. Well, I can't remember what they're called. Uh, like scourges. The, uh, the curse cards. Scur- scourges. Scourges. He's like for scourge, scourge decks. And mm. I never quite like did a scourge deck because I never quite got a lot of synergies for that. Yeah. Yeah. Never saw a lot of upsides so. to those, but apparently they're there. Yeah, well, the one that showed up a lot um, in the uh, in the concealed caverns for me was like take three uh, or take two ben- vengeful shards, mm-hmm. and you get a plus one ember for every two uh, scourge cards you have. Mm-hmm. So it's like I would get one ember every turn at the cost of sometimes drawing a card I had to pay a number to get rid of. Yeah. So unless I was drawing both of them, it was always a net win. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the clans, uh, starting with mm-hmm. the Hellhorned. This is the clan that is available to you from the start. Uh, Theme-wise, these are stereotypical devils and demons, uh, and every mm-hmm. life form of them, from imps up to uh, up to like archdemon kind of kind of kind of people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all like adapted to this tough life in hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is uh, your damage dealing class and your tank class so these are big boys uh big creatures that do a lot of output a mm-hmm. lot of damage output sometimes are quite uh frail like glass cannony mm-hmm. um sometimes can be uh, very tanky the next uh clan is much more tanky usually yeah. mm-hmm. um and they're pretty uncomplicated uh, uncomplicated these are yeah. uh, the marios yes um their special statistic or status effect that you get is rage. Um, when rage is on a unit, uh, their attacks do extra damage equal to uh, how much rage they have, but it decays between rounds. Yes. Uh, so you can build it up. It will decay, um, you know, and you can kind of affect this. You can get artifacts that make rage not decay or make it double whenever mm-hmm. you apply it, uh, yeah. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to, to, to say that, like, so say you have a unit with base attack 10 and they have five rage on them, they will do 15. Uh, when they when they attack, um, isn't rage two uh, two damage? Maybe, per? maybe. I think rage is actually two. So I think in that mm. scenario they do twenty. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, uh, when we when we talk about them being a little bit glass cannony, that is also offset by the fact that their spells um, and some of their abilities often have to do with uh, with armor. So like this is this is a clan that you uh, like even when you have it in your allied, uh, you're going to be getting uh, you know spells that will. Uh, you know, beef up uh, the defenses of units uh, that are around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So temporary offense and uh, temporary defense mm-hmm. is uh, a kind of the vibe. Yes. Um, here. 
Um, so like the way you would do a rage build in this um, is, you know, you're having your units that get more powerful uh, every turn they survive. You know, they get increased rage every time they attack. Mm -hmm. And you put them in a safe space where they're not going to die. Uh, you know, they're guarded by somebody and they're going to be able to attack every round to build up their rage. Mm -hmm. um, so the idea is then by the time the boss comes around, you have this incredible amount of rage uh, <laughs> on this guy and your DPS is just through the roof. Yes. Yep. And they won't see the second floor. Ideally. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, there's a special unit type for each of these clans. Um, uh, some of them have multiple, but the Hellhorned, uh, they've got the one. Uh, these are the imps. Uh, these are cheap. Uh, they are meant to be disposable. Uh, generally, mm -hmm. one HP, one attack. Um, and they uh, cause a spell-like effect when they're summoned. Uh, one of like the most valuable of these is an imp that when you, when you put him in, your front unit gains 20 armor, uh, which is a huge mm -hmm. deal. Yeah, and you, that can count the imp. Mm -hmm. You can put the imp there just to absorb Tony attack. Yes. You know, if you, if you don't mind losing the imp. Um, these on-summon effects like this can also be altered by artifacts, so you can get artifacts that make these summon effects happen twice, mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, very powerful. Yeah. Um, and different units have different synergies with imps. So either, uh, you know, they will be more powerful if they're imps on their floor, or you can, they can, you can sacrifice an imp to do a special attack, or they do something when an imp dies, mm -hmm. uh, etc. Um, the other kind of major pillar of this clan is direct damage. Uh, so they have spells that can just damage enemies, uh, directly without mm -hmm. going through their lines, um, either targeting individual units or all the units at once, which allow you to kind of like do a sweep damage or take out, uh, individual, uh, you know, so the enemy will use marching orders. Like they'll have two tanks in front of a spellcaster in the back that will heal the tanks. Mm -hmm. Uh, this allows you to make a beeline and just hit the, uh, the spellcaster directly. Yeah. Or they will put weak units in the middle of their formation. So even after you, um, go through the tank that's at the front, you would be wasting any remaining attacks, trying to take out the weak ones. Um, you can yeah. thin the ranks so that, um, if you're going to take out, uh, the, the, the tank, you'll start doing damage to whatever, uh, they're protecting in the back, uh, much quicker. Mm -hmm. It's very powerful to be able to surgically thin the ranks like that. Uh, and that was something that I missed when I started maining some of the other clans. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, talking about the champions, uh, Hornbre Hornbreaker Prince, it's really basic. Um, even among, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even among the other champions and their and their starting or the other clans and their starting champions, uh, he's a red dude, uh, wields two blades. He was born without horns. So he's got something to, something to prove. Got, got a good old yeah. chip on his shoulder, yeah. you know? Well, he wields, uh, he wields horns. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. He has, he has, yeah, he has two horns from other demons mm. that he uses as weapons. Um, he looks like shitty Hellboy. Like this is, this is a bad <laughs> first impression for art. I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for, for this game um so he starts off very vulnerable and kind of has middling stats and but there are three uh upgrade specializations that he can have that all focus around dps mm -hmm. um so brawler uh gives him various levels of multi-strike mm -hmm. um so it's how many times he attacks and also gives him armor to kind of protect himself yes uh, armor being like spirit hearts it's not gonna last for the whole battle but it'll allow him to get in and do his uh his multi-strike mm-hmm Multi-strike is real powerful. Um, the Reaper variant, you gain some extra attack, uh, but also, and this is ridiculous, uh, your attacks get stronger each time you slay an enemy. So whenever mm -hmm. whenever the whenever the Hornbreaker Prince uh, kills somebody, or wait, no, is it a slay? 
when anybody Slay kills? Slay is when you kill. Okay. I think yes. it, his might be on strike, though. So extinguish is when anybody dies. Yeah. Does he get it on strike or does he get it? No, it's on slay. Yeah, he gets it on uh, slay. But it's plus 10. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, like whenever I went with this, like Wrathful was the one that I, or sorry, Reaper was the one that I went, went for a lot of the time. Um, like just the damage ceiling is through the roof if you can keep him alive. Yeah. And we should also mention that you always start with your champion in your starting hand. And they're always free well. to play. Yeah, they're always free to play. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the third uh, upgrade here is Wrathful. Um, this is the closest he has to a defensive yeah. uh, buff. Um, when he slays, uh, he gets uh, 10 armor. And every time he gets hit, uh, he has a revenge effect. So every time he gets hit, he gains rage. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, this ends up being uh, up to five. Yeah. So every single, you know, he has a lot of armor. He can tank a lot. Every time he gets hit, he gains, you know, 10 DPS that will slowly decay. Um, the idea here is if you can put him in a position to get hit a lot, he can strike back really hard. Yeah. Um, I never had good luck with Wrathful. Uh, personally um that was my least favorite yeah so. um definitely uh like the the big effect between all these is like okay where are you going to put him and play him uh something that is embarrassing every time it happens is when your champion gets wiped out in the first round uh yeah <laughs> you can survive that like it's fine uh usually if you're in round two or three and you've picked up other specialized uh units but it never stops being uh painful when that happens it's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. Um, the exile champion uh, for the uh, the Hellhorn is more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Shardtailed Queen. Um, she is the uh, imp. She's focused on the imp mechanic. She is uh, a Princess Najka, um, <laughs> a queen who ruled over the imps. And uh, her thing is she has uh, kind of better starting stats than the hell the hornbreaker prince and all of her powers have to do with playing units on her floor like her kind of being a buff uh unit or a uh like a leader unit mm-hmm. um and because imps are so cheap um and she gains a lot of uh, attacks on summon uh it means that you're going to want to load your deck with imps uh so that you can constantly stack these buffs on her Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. the, the trigger, uh, for, you know, like when, when, a uh, it's, it's called rally when you gain a stat by summoning an enemy in so that, uh, by summoning an ally and rather, uh, the specialization for that is royalty here, uh, at the start here mm-hmm. on rally. When you bring in a new enemy, uh, she gains attack power. Yep. Uh, she'll also get more, more powerful. She also has imperialist, uh, which is where she, uh, whenever she does an action, she'll kill all the imps mm-hmm. and deal 20 damage, uh, per imp to the, uh, enemy units. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you have a big imp deck, that can be incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the one I ended up using the most was the, uh, imp parade, um, which allows you to get free imps. Yeah. Um, you'll add imps to your hand, and imps cost uh, negative one to play on the, her floor. Mm-hmm. So imps are basically free, and you're getting a bunch of them. Yes. Uh, this helps her actually affect other floors than the one she is on. Um, and that is kind of a rare benefit uh, for many of these champions. Usually, you know, you are only, you know, all the benefit is applied directly to where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. In this one, you know, you get those imps, which you can use anywhere, but they're cheaper when you use them next to her. Mm-hmm. So, like, she would hold down the, the fort with, like, a floor full of imps, and then I would have my other units on other floors. Yes. Um, she's cool. Like, I, I just find the, the Hornbreaker Prince really boring. Mm-hmm. Um, the Shardtail Queen, much more my speed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next clan, the Awoken, which kills me because I always want to say the Awakened. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, nope, they've been awoken. Hmm. Uh, this is the clan. Uh, this is another clan that's available to you from the start. Uh, they are a natural complement to the Hellhorn, which tend to be high damage but low uh, low defense. These are high defense but low damage, at least initially. Yeah, yeah. Focusing on healing, regeneration, and then spikes. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, the uh, the two kind of biggest status effects spikes uh, are like the universal. Mm-hmm. You know, language for video game spikes. When an enemy attacks, they take damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then regen heals your units between rounds. It's just a status buff that degrades. Yes. So if you have three regen, you'll gain three health, then two health, then one health mm-hmm. uh, as it goes down. Yeah. Uh, and um, like both of these make sense because these are uh, these are plant boys. So you yes. know regeneration because of their uh, you know growth, and then spikes because they got thorns on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so you've got some, like, your, uh, your your tanks are these husk units. Uh, they have high HP, and they generally are your shield wall. Uh, oftentimes they've got uh, abilities that trigger on attack, uh, which mm-hmm. is which is nice. Uh, and your damage is, go- is going to come from these special units called Animus, uh, kind of these really spindly dudes that have strong attacks but are extremely flimsy. Yeah. Uh, there's also a key mechanic to this uh, this clan called Rejuvenate. Yeah. which is uh, allows a certain effect to trigger whenever you heal a character and you can heal them at full. Mm-hmm. And those husk enemies, a lot of the times, uh, you know, they have 15 health, but when they're summoned in, they get 20, you know, plus 40 max health. Mm-hmm. So if you can keep rejuvenating them, which are, you get bonus effects for doing, they eventually become these huge, like, meat walls. Yeah. Um, there are channeler units, um, which uh, kind of augment uh, spells, and status effects and are really flimsy uh, with that. So you put these guys um, behind meat walls and they either give you a certain draw every turn or give you, um, you know, a benefit every turn, yeah. but they're not meant to be attacking units. Yeah. Um, and when you start maining the Awoken, uh, what you'll notice is this is when you're first going to see that uh, a lack of targetable direct damage spells is a little bit of a problem. Um, mm-hmm. most of them usually just hit the, uh, the, the enemy at the front, although they do have the ability when you can aim it, they, uh, will let you move enemies around in the ranks. So you can kind of play Scorpion, yes. you can say, get over here, attack something behind and then draw them to the front, uh, which is a really yes. powerful benefit to you. Uh, this is also the first, uh, clan that has, um, what in magic would be called a cantrip. So you get a card called a sting, which is a direct damage card. Uh, it's free. It does high damage to the front unit, but then it replaces itself mm-hmm. on the next round. You get an extra card draw. So, you know, something that comes with a card draw basically replaces itself mm-hmm. and is actually free. Um, this clan is is kind of meant to illustrate that because there's another card that's really uh, appealing on the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a plus three, plus three buff and costs <laughs> no, no ember, but it costs a card draw. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a noob trap, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like, sure, that's that's fine. It doesn't hurt, <laughs> but it hurts because you didn't draw something cooler. Yes. Yeah. Um, I also like the uh, the spreading spores that gives you regen and spikes, and it doubles every time you play it. Mm-hmm. So as yeah. your deck gets thinned mm-hmm. out, you end up getting this thing. You can reduce its cost. Um, you know, so you just can always be laying out regen and spikes, leaning into the uh, the strengths of the uh, of the clan. So. Uh... You know, though there's two different champions for this that both suggest different ways to play. Uh, these two champions uh, have a little bit more overlap, I find, mm-hmm. than most of the other sets of champions. Yeah. Um, the first one you start with is called the Sentient. Um, so good news about him and bad news about the rest of them. <laughs> um, 
who is a hollow who is able to gather forest by clinging to makeshift shields. And this is the, the defensive, you know, champion. Right. Starts out with no attack, uh, which means that she's not going to be able to do much other than guard your units, uh, but then has these different benefits, um, these different mm-hmm. builds that will take care of it. Yeah. Um, explosive is pretty neat. So this leans into the rejuvenate trigger. Uh, every time she heals, uh, you deal large amount of en- uh, damage to the front enemy unit, which turns your basic heal spell, uh, which is just to heal and then as regenerate uh, and do a really powerful attack, especially early on, um, mm-hmm. which is which is pretty good. Yep. Uh, cultivating which allows you to draw extra cards per turn and then you uh, cultivate. So uh, the card with the lowest current level of health that you have uh, adding health and attack. Mm-hmm. So this allows you to make the hollow more powerful yeah. uh, as you go um, or whichever unit on that floor is the least powerful gets more powerful. This is really weird because you have to be careful what you put on the same floor as the sentient because, you know, we yeah. mentioned the the animus and those channelers. Uh, those start out with really low maximum health. It will always buff whatever has the lowest current health. Um, so you end up with, like, these beefy animus and channeler that aren't able to do too much. Like when the benefit that uh, cultivate gives, you know, it kind of feels like it should go to make the strongest thing stronger a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, like evens out things that should not be that, you know, you don't get a lot of benefit benefit from being even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, bristling, which gives her extra health and adds spikes mm-hmm. uh, with each ranks, which means that she's just going to be tanking things, letting enemies kill themselves by running into her. Yeah. I'm just going to be moving my spikes like this. If you <laughs> run into them, it's not my fault. Yeah. Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? No. Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, how you play the Senji depends on which of these specializations you choose. Um, and they all relate to something different. I find meaning as the sentient really hard. I find meaning as the awoken, uh, pretty difficult actually. Uh, they are mm-hmm. so much better in a support in a support role, but even in this in a support role, I like the uh, the Hellhorned better. I I can kick ass with the other champion. Yeah, uh, I have a harder time with this end yet, but yeah. the uh, the wild wildton the wildenton uh, is wildenton <laughs> wilden boys <laughs> much easier for me uh, uh, to take out. Yeah. So this is a, a big strong boy, big strong plant. Um, has a lot of health again, small amount of attack, uh, but he's bigger mm-hmm. than the other ones. He takes up three spaces. Um, and again, as I mentioned before, there's some, some overlap a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have a, a spike thing as his first thing, but he has thorn Lord, which is about, uh, sting spells and, uh, this incant ability, which we haven't run into. Mm-hmm. So sting spells, you get a certain number, uh, to your hand whenever you bring him out. Um, it's three. And then whenever you do a spell, he gets a certain buff to his, uh, attack. Mm-hmm. So you're always gonna be able to casting three spells for three or for free. And, uh, so if you have him at level one, you'll automatically get plus three, uh, attack mm-hmm. from him on top of your sting spells and any spell you cast will make him stronger. Yeah. Wild. How much more powerful he can get like really quickly. Um, yeah. Strangler is um, something that actually makes him a little bit uh, more valuable in upper floors, I would find. Uh, so you get sweep attacks. Uh, this will hit every single enemy in a row. Uh, it doesn't diminish uh, the, uh, the the damage that he does. Like, it doesn't split a three attack 
you know, between three enemies and do, and do one apiece. So it's just a straight up multiplier, which is really valuable. Um, however, in addition to the sweep, you get uh, uh, it will apply the rooted effect. Uh, this is a status effect uh, that will keep them from ascending um, to the next level of train of the train after combat. Um, so mm-hmm. it will hold them in place uh, between multiple rounds. Yeah. And then my, my favorite, which is Predator uh, here, which gives a quick, which means you attack before the enemy, and then multi-strike. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you also have enchant grant quick, which means uh, everyone on that floor gets quick. Mm-hmm. Um, this with a dab of Strangler. Yeah. So you sweep. And apply <laughs> rooted is just incredible. Yeah. Like quick and, and multi-strike uh, and, you know, sweep uh, and rooted is very, very good with mm-hmm. some other high-powerful... Uh, you know, because this this clan has the uh, the animus, yeah. and if the animus is quick, uh, they're it's pretty they're laughing. Mm-hmm. You know, if they get in that alpha strike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's quick. So, we cannot you cannot overstate uh, how useful it is because if you are able to wipe out wipe out an enemy before they attack, you don't take any damage on that on that round, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, incredibly cool. Like the, I I like this champion quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And it kind of offsets a bit of a weakness of the uh, of the uh, clan overall. Like it brings more direct damage in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, makes it a little bit easier to uh, to set up progress. Something that ends up being like just a little bit of a problem <clears throat> with them is like being able to put out enough DPS, especially to stop bosses. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so Wilden Den, anyth- anything that can uh, that, that that can shore that up is uh, is worthwhile. Um, I could I could do that when I had really uh, ridiculous either, you know, quick uh, multi strike builds, mm-hmm. you know, through uh, through lots of animus, or when I had really really powerful spike builds yes. with some artifacts that uh, helped with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Moving on to the Stygian Guard, this one took a while to grow on me, but I ended up really liking it. Uh, <laughs> so this is the first one that you have to unlock. Uh, you unlock it by casting spells. Um, it'll be mm-hmm. the first one that you get most likely because you're going to be casting so many more spells than you are summoning units, um, and casting so many more spells than you are killing things. Uh, these are aquatic creatures, uh, like sirens and serpents and stuff like that. You know, they guarded the, the, the river sticks, uh, and they're focused on, um, uh, spells and other kinds of arcane, arcane damage. Specifically, they have kind of exclusive access to damage over time, which makes them a little bit more complex, and a little bit more for the long game um, within mm-hmm. a particular battle than the other two, the other two factions are. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is my least favorite clan, right? Uh, there, there were fun, you know, I can I had fun with these guys. I I maxed them out, mm-hmm. but this is my least favorite uh, kind of kind of play style mm-hmm. um, because you know they have two kind of signature effects. One of which I like quite a bit, uh, which is frostbite. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a DPS. Um, you know, that degrades over time and then spell weakness, which I had a really hard time making work for me. Mm. Um, this is, you know, uh, they have a, if they have a stack of this on them, they'll take double damage from a spell and then it will degrade. So they'll just take double damage from spells for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, when you said complicated, that's really, these guys are very dependent. Yeah. Um, not very many of these units work well on their own. Right. Um, you really need to have, you know, if you're going to be doing a spell weakness build, you have to have a lot of direct damage spells. Mm-hmm. And they have a good number of direct damage spells, but they're all kind of fiddly. Yeah. Like there are a lot of like, you know, does uh, 90 damage to three random units mm-hmm. you know, or 20 damage to two random units, things like that. Yeah. So I ended up just having kind of bad luck mm-hmm. with these jabronis. <laughs> I wouldn't call them jabronis. Come on. Aqua jabronis. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, uh, I ended up having a little bit uh, better use for spell weakness. Uh, one thing that you need to do is be really aggressive about, about pruning your weaker spells, um, especially yeah. from your uh, allied clan when it comes to that, because spell weakness um, on like say you're playing a Hellhorn and you've got the basic torch spell. It's like, okay, cool. I'm doubling my two damage damage. spell for damage. Ooh, I'm in fat city now. Yeah. It's like, nah, nah, you don't want to do that. You want the one that, uh, the, the the Stygian guard, uh, card that has, uh, that, that deals 25 damage twice. Right. So all suddenly you're dealing a hundred. Uh, it's, it works. Um, yeah, it can definitely work. It just didn't, comport very well with like how i wanted to play yeah yeah you know and uh, and it wasn't like funless it was just the least of them mm-hmm. uh frostbite is really neat because it deals one damage mm-hmm. for uh frost one damage per frostbite stack uh when combat uh is resolved it will degrade one stack each turn although you've got to be keeping an eye out for the cuttlefish beard which will stop uh frostbite from degrading uh mm-hmm. certain specialties and certain units if you play specifically for a frostbite build they don't stand a chance. They won't die on the floor that you're on, uh, like where they actually take the initial damage, uh, but they will be dead by the time they reach the top. Yeah, they eventually die. And this ended up being early on a pretty consistent way to beat the final boss for me mm-hmm. is getting a lot of frostbite units and just stacking frostbite on her Yeah, every chance I could. And just, you know, letting those empty turns where she would just go and like menace a floor that I didn't have anybody on mm-hmm. um, and just let her take damage during that. Yeah. Uh, this also gives you access to sap, which is a debuff. Um, so it reduces the amount of damage an enemy will do to you. This mm-hmm. also decays. Um, they have special units that are totem units, um, which usually only have one health and no attack, but they have an incant ability. So whenever you cast a spell on that floor, something will happen mm-hmm. uh, there. So you're going to be casting off spells. That's very useful. And then something I, I wanted to find more useful than I did, yeah. this uh, clan also has access to Frozen, um, which takes a card and keeps it in your hand between turns. Yeah. Uh, it ends up being a little bit less useful because you can't really control what ends up being frozen, uh, with the exception yeah. of like an, a low level spell that lets you select the, the card that will end up being frozen. There's just a bunch of times where it ends up with something relatively useless. Transferred. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That ends up being frozen. Like something you would have probably just drawn again anyway, you know? So yeah. it's well, unreliable and, in a certain way. And usually if I was going to cast it, I would have cast it yes you know mm-hmm. uh so yeah i didn't i didn't find that super useful but there might be something i'm missing mm-hmm. um the first champion for this clan is called tethys titan's bane who's a tiny little uh you know merjerk like he's got <laughs> some churlish impness yeah him. looks like it's a real shitty and grin looks like stitch to me it's like, like dark look. dark stitch <laughs> Hi, i'm evil stitch yeah it's like it's like a, something like biker stitch <laughs> give me give me something in biker uncle stitch <laughs> and sexy aunt leela um so this little tiny uh like definition of glass cannon mm-hmm. um has really really low health will die in one hit for most everything um and that means you have to be very careful about sweep Mm-hmm. Like if the enemy has sweep and will can hit everything, you're kind of fucked. Yeah. But can become like incredibly powerful. Um, either through uh Chillwind, which is the build I did the most mm-hmm. uh for her, which gives her really increased attack, like makes her powerful, um, but then also applies just tons of frostbite. Yeah. Um at the final upgrade it's 40 mm-hmm. uh to the attack unit, and that's just 
not just it's ridiculous yeah yeah that's great <laughs> no uh something that is a little bit less useful well it's more specialized let's say uh conduit mm-hmm. uh the build here uh makes your damage spells cost less ember uh, the fact that it is just damage spells actually makes this a little bit less useful because a lot of your damage will be coming from buffs, even as the Stygian Guard. Um, this does end up becoming a little bit useful because a lot of your spells become free, but uh, this feels like it has a bit of a higher seal, a bit of a higher cap on it, lower ceiling on it. Rather. Yeah, yeah. You'd really have to call the shitty spells from your deck and increase your card draw. Yes. To make this work, I think. And I also don't know that this would be overpowered if it was just spells. Yeah. You know, because, like, if you're playing this build, you're mostly using damage spells anyway. Mm-hmm. But give me those utility spells for free. Yeah. You know, tempt me. Um, and then the, the third build is Handheld uh, Totem, um, which uh, it, the creature gets sweep. Um, mm-hmm. I usually like to multi-class into this with even when I'm doing Frostbite. Yep. Uh, to give Frostbite to everything um, and give spell weakness to everything. Mm-hmm. So the idea here is like anything on the on Tethys's floor will become weak to spells. So you can unload those those damage yeah. spells, you know, or it will uh, like you can uh, after the attack. It means that you will be doing double damage the next turn when they're a little bit further up. So you do mm-hmm. this at the bottom, you know, just like with everything, you do the initial attack at the bottom to get a benefit when you uh, attack them later, either by passive DOT uh, or by having these double uh, double effectiveness on the damage spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, their second, their exile champions, real weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, Soulguard the Martyr, um, who is a mage. Uh, he has no no damage, but every time you cast a spell, it gains a shard. Yeah. Uh, you put a little token on it, and this power is its its various special abilities. It's three builds. Yeah, like these shards act as multipliers for all of these uh, for all of these things, including one that I have no idea what the actual use for it would be. <laughs> which which one is that uh titan channel like all right yeah. so you can do damage to phased things there's only one encounter where i deal with anything phased right the idea for that one is that it's a really powerful upgrade and you have to cast spells to unlock this like beast mm. so like it's you know with titan channel um you know it starts out as phased if you give it give uh four stacks of shard to soul guard it's no longer phased so it can attack Hmm. and then you also get plus 45 attack and 40 health for that Hmm. Um, and then the final upgrade for it is 210 attack and 205 health okay um so you just have to cast a lot of spells to kind of unleash this like big beefy monster is Hmm. the idea okay Um, i didn't like that either i just didn't you know i get i get what it's trying to do but it wasn't very useful to me Hmm. Um, um, I didn't like spell builds very much. No. Um, a little bit more yeah. straightforward is Dire Channel, uh, which, uh, you, you know, each round you deal damage based on your uh, your shard level to the front enemy in a row. So it's basically just a, an attack. You do not have an attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, it activates by this uh, kind of resolve, uh, th- this resolve trigger. Yeah. The, yeah. the more spells you've cast. And then there's a Cold Channel, which is basically Frostbite mm-hmm. um, that's multiplied by shards. Um, which is fine, but not as fun as Tethys's, yes. uh, just, you know, Herculean frostbite <laughs> stacks. Yeah. Um, Soulguard is probably my least favorite champion in the game. Um, yeah. I had, a, I had a hard time with Soulguard. Mm-hmm. Had a had a hard time finding synergies uh, with her that were not uh, apparent with Tethys, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Tethys is a solid bro, even though he's a little shit. <laughs> uh, moving on to, to my two favorite clans. Uh, the most interesting ones that they unlock. These are great. Uh, the Umbra, um, which are just really, really cool. 
Uh, these are unlocked <laughs> as you summon friendly units. And these are like Venoms. They're like a, abyss creatures. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that used to be used to mine the depths of hell, but now they're, uh, you know, they're up here trying to get things unfrozen. Uh, and I initially, just like with the other unlocked clan or the final clan, I was like, okay, how in the world am I going to use this? Like, this does not seem like anything I've done up to this point in the game because their focus is on eating. Uh, they're, yes. they're hungry boys. Um, and they have a special unit type that caters to this. These morsels uh, is what they are. Mm hmm. Uh, so at the yep. end of the round, any morsels that are still alive on a floor will be eaten by the frontmost unit. <laughs> yes. And you have different and, varieties of yep. morsels that you can summon that will give different different buffs. Yeah, and you're not really uh, in your hand. You don't have morsel cards. Mm -hmm. One of the things that makes this like almost have to be a video game. Like you could do this in tabletop, but yeah, you oftentimes play a card that gives you a random morsel um, and adds it to your deck just for that battle. So it's not like you, you it's not like imps where you want to load up your your deck full of uh, morsels. You want to get these morsel generators so they don't uh, don't take up space before you end up uh, actually casting them. Yeah, really. Um, so uh, there's a couple other things that are unique to this. Uh, this is the lifesteal mm -hmm. clan, um, which is what it sounds like. That's really powerful. Yeah, uh, just incredibly powerful. Um, this is where you're going to get your, your big beast other than the ones, uh, in the Hellhorned. Mm -hmm. This is the other, like, mammoth dude. Yeah. Uh, kind of thing, <laughs> like big attack power. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you can have things like the Morsel will provide a unit, um, a, a benefit. And then also enemy creatures can have Gorge, which they get a benefit when they eat. So yes. they get kind of double benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the drawbacks to this. So, you know, your units are going to get very powerful very, very quickly. Um, mm -hmm. One of the drawbacks is you're going to get very few units. Um, like, just it seems like when you play as Umbra, uh, either in your main or in your secondary, uh, you have fewer Umbra banners on the uh, on the map uh, mm. for, 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 for getting these. At least that, that, that's what I found. Um, however, they do end up getting strong quickly. And also, this is the clan that I saw that had the permanent buffs over over a run yeah yeah wax, wax dudes have those as well yeah um i, I didn't get in, end up getting fewer <laughs> units of these guys but <laughs> they i i can kind of see in some ways why it might feel like that because they tend to be bigger yeah like this is the clan which space concerns mm -hmm. um are are a big uh big concern yeah because uh, you need to have these morsels here which generally won't attack sometimes they have minor attack Mm -hmm. abilities but generally they're just there to take up space to power up your units yeah um this is you know the the clan that buffs up an individual creature yes um you also uh can get um a different kind of spell shield and damage shield mm -hmm. from morsels or just from these units which are what they sound like yeah um and are really powerful as well yeah just completely negating um, uh, uh one whole type of damage uh which is good yeah yeah. yeah. And both the champions of this are really fun. Mm -hmm. I had so much fun just playing with Primordial, playing with uh, Penumbra uh, specifically. Yeah. It felt a little bit like, you know, I was only, you know, unlocking this means you're only like halfway through the game, at least, you know, on mm -hmm. the initial unlock or whatever. It felt a little bit like getting a superpower at the end of the game mm -hmm. and then just going through and doing and stomping on stuff. <laughs> yeah. It, it, all of his, uh, his abilities multi-class really well. Yeah. I love this guy. This is uh, one of my, you know, probably my favorite champion in the game or, you know, him or Little Flame. Yeah. Um, just, you know, absolutely super fun. <laughs> um, so there are three different uh, upgrades uh, for this, all of which are really interesting um, for this big lanky Venom 
dude. Mm-hmm. Um, Architect, which makes the uh, floor that he's on have much more space. Yeah. Um, at level three, you get four more units of space, which is huge. Yeah, basically That's, double. You know, four bonus. Yeah, four bonus morsels plus whatever you put there <laughs> uh that's incredible so every turn if he's in the front row and he's mm-hmm. tanking he's going to be eating four units and just like getting absolutely swole yeah so put him up there take a morsel maker and take any artifact or benefit which doubles the amount of morsels on summon um yeah. and every uh every turn you're going to be getting i think at least three or four um uh, yeah. n- new little buffs that come in it's huge yeah just incredible um monstrous which is really fun which makes him big which is kind of a bummer but he's much bigger much more health uh, much more damage and he gets trample uh, which works just like magic um so if he does if he overkills the first unit that damage will overflow to the second and mm-hmm. so on yes uh love trample uh and even just mm-hmm. applying that as a spell or uh, uh buying that as an upgrade uh is mm-hmm. super neat uh and then finally glutton uh which gains lifesteal uh, your uh, your success, successful attacks will heal damage for you, um, and on gorge it gains attack power and health. Again, like there's no real ceiling on that. You just you're going yeah. to you know you're going to gorge as much as you can every single turn that you have. So doing uh, you know a, a common like you could if if the game would allow you to do one of every three. Mm-hmm. or one of each upgrade, it would actually work pretty well. Yeah. Um, really, a common thing I would do is one level of Architect and two levels of Glutton. Yeah. So I was getting uh, the Lifesteal, which keeps your guy alive, and then uh, plus nine attack and plus four health every time I would devour a thing and two more spaces to put Morsels to devour. Yeah. Um, morsels are free. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might pay a card to generate a Morsel, but the Morsel is always free. Yeah. And once it's in your deck, it will just play for free. Yes. Um. Then the second champion is also like endlessly clever. Like what a cool inversion of this clan's uh, thing. Yeah. What if instead um, of eating, he was there to be eaten like that uh, fungus monster on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is a uh, primordium. Um, really, really neat. Uh, he has mediocre stats. Like he's not very good, but you're meant to pair him with a strong other unit. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting because he kind of makes any other unit, uh, your champion mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. Um, so th- there are certain, like, you know, we talk about the champions a lot. They, they are by no means the only, you know, powerful units. You can build a whole deck around a lot of different creatures. Yeah. Um, so you can choose like, you know, Hey, this creature is really great. Uh, I'm going to, he's going to be primordium's, uh, you know, companion, mm-hmm. longtime companion for this, this run. <laughs> I love that the status effect that he has that let him, that lets him be eaten multiple times is called buffet. Yeah, he's just a big boy. Yeah, like, rally around the family, like pull up a stool. It's me. You know, I have several servings, like a chipotle yeah, burrito. I, well, and the name of the uh, the the build that he has that uh, emphasizes that is called stalwart snack. Uh, that's real good. Yeah. Um, so he can, uh, you know, he starts out with buffet three, which means he can be eaten three times. Um, <laughs> if you have a stalwart snack uh, build, he can be eaten five times, eight times, and 12 times. <laughs> and uh, when he's eaten, they get his stats yes. added 
to them, which is just three and three. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the final level, that's really powerful. You put him in the back uh, as somebody, and they're getting plus three, plus three every turn yeah. for 12 and turns. You can use spells and stuff to buff him up, and every time he gets eaten, if you have raised those up, then that will be thrown in. So it's a way for you to, yeah. again, mul- you know, just up the multiplier, which is what you're always looking to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Superfood yeah. uh, plays into that. You gain health. Um and when you're eating that like that, that's what it will confer the uh, the status effect over to the eater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it also allows you to get damage shield eventually. Mm. Yeah. Uh, inherently. So not only will he survive, but whoever eats him will get the damage shield. Yes. Um, and then aggressive edible, which is the one I ended up using the most, which just buffs his attack. Yeah. So, you know, you get plus 37 attack three times, <laughs> you know, with this guy. You put put that on. Um, these guys, uh, this guy works really well with the, uh, the Awoken. Mm-hmm. You know, put one of those sweep units with a very high defense uh, in front of this guy. Yeah. And by the end, he'll be an absolute beast. <laughs> um, really, really cool. Uh, and then the the final one, my favorite one, is the last clan, uh, the he, Melting Remnant, which is the most complicated, but also just endlessly inventive and fun. Yeah, it's fun uh, and also really powerful. I don't know if it's just because this is the last clan you get. Uh, you know, it's unlocked as you kill enemies, and this and it's kind of high. Like I, you know, I unlocked this after maybe twelve hours of play, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I was just good at the game at this point. I beat the first run that I tried with the with the melt with the mm-hmm. Melting Remnant. Not like this is a very hard game, but like usually when I started a new clan, I would get to like the seventh battle or so, you know, I mm-hmm. would get like partway through. Uh, but this feels yeah. really powerful. Uh, and these are those wax mobsters. <laughs> yes. So just combining two things for yep. some reason. Um, they're either wicked or wickless. Uh, and if they are wicked, uh, then they have a specific mechanic called burnout, mm-hmm. um, which means that they have a countdown. Like yeah. if they have burnout one, they're around for one round. And then once burnout counts down, then they die. Yeah. Um, but this is uh, counteracted by them having uh, mold or reform mm-hmm. as a mechanic, which when you, you bring back an enemy, it gets plus one burnout and increased stats. Yes. Um, so the idea here is that enemies don't, your, or your characters don't stay dead. Mm-hmm. You are constantly recycling them, letting them die and bringing them back more powerful, uh, temporarily. Yes. Um, the fact that they come back with burnout, uh, one that applies even if they are not wicked. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, like it, they it's, become it, wicked. yes, they, they, they become wicked over the course of the process, yeah. over the course of that process of being, of being reformed, uh, as these little, uh, these little wax boys but like it's a huge deal when death isn't really much of a setback you know we talked earlier about like yeah a couple of bad early deaths will take will take your you know will, will, will really set you back because you run out of units to even play over the course of a longer battle not the case here you are overwhelming them with numbers yeah yeah and um, these units tend to be uh cheap aggressive and not take up very much space yes um, and a lot of their mechanics revolve around things happening when they die. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's usually called extinguish. Uh, so that's either like if, you know, if the unit dies and has extinguished, something happens to it when it dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, that will be in a play when it comes back. Um, or it will like, extinguish. And like one of my favorite units for this is the bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little, you know, zero attack, one health thing that blows up, mm-hmm. um, you know, does 50 damage when it gets extinguished. Um, this getting reformed over and over yeah, uh, to just continuously get killed and get a little damage on its way out and always blow up in the face. Mm-hmm. 
of uh, uh, the first person is really fun. Yeah. There are also many units in this where when they die, they don't just go into the consumed pile. They fill, uh, they, they add two weaker units or multiple mm-hmm. uh, weaker units into your into your deck. So the idea is that they don't come back the way that they were, but like it's a little bit like a Sorcerer's Apprentice kind of thing, where a big mm-hmm. one is cut yeah. in half and comes back as two weaker things. Yeah. Uh, this is also the uh, the clan that uses stealth. Mm-hmm. Um, you have stealth as an effect, which doesn't allow you to be hit. That's like a, it's very powerful. Yeah. Counts down with every action. Um, and both of the champions are really fun. Uh, for this team, <laughs> I think not every build for them, but they are really cool. Yeah. Um, so the first one you get is called Rector Flicker. <laughs> I would not have named him that. No, uh, I think the Rector Flicker uh, is pro- just doesn't pro- probably the Flick Flicker Vicker. Flicker Vicker, or yeah, I don't know Rector Flicker. <laughs> I just I don't like I, even Flicker Vicker. I don't know that I would like. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's just a little uh, you know a little too silly. Um, <laughs> but he's this priest. This priestly mob leader, as you have, um, <laughs> who gain power by playing the factions of the melts each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and he summons as like a decent unit for combat and has really cool little little effects. Um, burn Bright makes him extremely powerful, but he has a burnout mm-hmm. effect. So he'll die after three rounds. Um, so he is somebody you deploy either like for the boss or you use things that increase his burnout. Yeah. Or you reform him. Yeah. Uh, to increase his burnout. There are some natural choices. There are units that on attack will add burnout cards to be basically mm-hmm. charge up, gas up any other uh, enemy that is here um, or mm-hmm. any other unit that you have uh, who has burnout. So you can keep him alive. Basically, I, w- I would end with, you know, 10, 15 burnout on him uh, when I played yeah. him that way. Um, accumulator is pretty neat on harvest. So whenever uh, any unit on the floor dies, uh, he gains attack and health. Uh, this is especially, you know, a big deal because you got you know, this is this is a clan. This is a clan that's all about death, right? So as people yeah. die, he gets more powerful. Um, it's going to happen quite frequently. Yeah, um, and then uh, my favorite of these, the one I had the best luck with, was Dark Calling. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of every turn, you can reform two random units uh, with. Uh, they get a bonus of plus five attack. Mm-hmm. On top of their normal uh, enhance or reform bonus, yeah. so this will continue. You put this guy on the top floor, just have him <laughs> hang out there by himself, and start just having enemies die on the lower floor. And eventually, you are just continuously redrawing more powerful versions of your even your train stewards will become yeah. like 30, 40, you know, forty, fifty style, uh, <laughs> you know, monsters. Wildly overpowered. Uh, yeah, really, really cool, really fun. Yeah, um, and then little fade. Uh, who seems like he, you know, kind of hard to understand at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and also he's like he's tiny Tim, like he's, he's, he's an artful dodger. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I don't know what the city is that the yeah. wax people are in. I don't know. Uh, it's a, that's a Yankee candle store. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah, exactly. It, 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 it's the, uh, uh, the, the Southern, the rebellion candle <laughs> store, not Yankee candles. The Southern oh, Candles will rise again. Um, <laughs> this guy uh, is a, a support unit, um, but has a has a, my favorite build for him mm-hmm. is uh, uh, we'll talk about, which makes him incredibly powerful and yeah. not a support unit at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts out, he has very low uh, starting health, which is one base heart, and it's hard for him to increase that. Yes. Um, we didn't mention this before, but when you upgrade your units, you can't upgrade your champion. Mm-hmm. 
um, in this. So it's not like something you can just pull all your pour all your buffs onto your champion. Right. Um, oh. I like that. I think that's a good decision. Uh, keeping your oh, yeah. uh, champ, you know, keeping your champion uh, static like that is is. Well, yeah, good, you're not just like idea. putting all you know using Charizard to beat Pokemon. Yes, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the first of these, or one of the uh, one of the variants you can get, is called Little Icarus. Uh, you gain one stack of spikes, uh, and when she kills an enemy unit, she gains attack damage and extra permanent spikes. Uh, it's, it, I mean, it's weird, right? Because she has such low health, uh, mm-hmm. adding spikes on like that. Uh, but yeah. uh, it, I mean, it's almost like, a, you know, like if if you are going to at- attack me, I'm going to take you out. And she is meant to come back over time, right? Yeah, uh, not built in to come back, but you want to reform. Yeah. Uh, her this is i found this hard to work with um you have to uh the fact that it's not on strike or on extinguish the fact that she has to land the killing blow Mm -hmm. made this really tough because her starting um attack is only five yeah so you know having her have to do this on slay i found this really difficult to use yeah um i think the idea is by the end of the game she has this, this this incredible stack of spikes yeah you know, and we'll just uh, just really put a big chunk in the boss. But I had a hard time making it work. Mm-hmm. Um, Firelight. Uh, so when she dies, um, she buffs all your other units, giving them <laughs> plus five attack, plus five health, and then burn out two uh, to them. So the idea here is that she dies, you'll keep reforming her. Uh, putting her in the thing and having her extinguish mm-hmm. and there are uh there's artifacts that make extinguish effects happen twice yeah uh, which can make this really powerful yeah um and finally eternal flame this is ridiculous uh she becomes this is en- incredible yeah she becomes endless like this sub- subverts the death and reforming process for them uh so endless when she dies she just goes back into the deck right yep um, it goes back in your hand like you just get her back yeah um at this point so and when that happens uh she you get an increased cost like the champions are usually zero Mm -hmm. but she gets plus one cost every level of this but also gets plus 25 attack and five health plus 70 attack five health plus 140 attack plus five health one of the most ridiculous runs i had was i had the uh, extinguish abilities fire twice Mm -hmm. uh things and just had little fade die you know five or six times (laughs) uh, in the thing getting 140 or you know 280 attack every time mm-hmm. uh just absolutely ridiculous yeah um yeah, little fades real fun with it with specifically with that build the other ones i don't like nearly as much yeah yeah Uh, let's talk about some of the uh, the stuff you're going to be fighting. Yeah, um, round out here with uh, with the enemies uh, and and the bosses. Uh, it's hard to talk about individual enemies uh, because their mix ups are much more important uh, than uh, mm-hmm. than what those are. As I mentioned before, every round you're attacked by these gangs, and they have like little flavor text describing like, oh, they've got you know a bunch to prove, and it gives you you know like, and their tactic is to protect this particular unit gives you a little bit of information about how to uh how to approach them um but the enemy mix is going to evolve over the course of their waves right so yes you know they'll send in their vanguards and then come up the rear with their bosses generally is how it goes yep. yeah um and these are you know these are themed mm-hmm. 
you know so like as you mentioned before they're gangs and they have individual mix-ups but like this is the armor group this is the spikes group this is the stealth group yeah things like that like they'll be based around specific status effects um there are enemies that have uh their conduit enemies so they have haste uh that's a enemy specific status effect which allows them to skip floors and since there's only three floors they're going to be going on well, I mean, I guess they can skip up to the fourth floor. Yeah. I've only ever had haste take them from one to three. Yeah. Uh, two to four. Haste is an emergency that uh, completely yeah. changes the order that I have to build up my floors. Yeah. Yeah. T- take them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then there are clipped variants of enemies that are stronger, like champion versions. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so each each uh, uh, battle has a has a boss, and then a couple of times, three times per round uh, per run, you're going to be fighting major bosses. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of just round bosses uh, that you go for. Uh, they're at the end of the wave of nor- normal enemies. Like it kind of only makes makes sense to name a few uh, that 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 are notable, um, or mm-hmm. at least uh, some of the aspects that are. Uh, uh, that are especially uh, pernicious with them. So, like, any time a boss adds a scourge card to your hand is a really big, uh, really big problem. Yeah, when they when they show uh, up, the, a lot of these scourge cards uh, they're not just dead weight; they're cards that cost uh, Ember, and if you don't get rid of them, they do damage directly to your pyre. Yes, um, and this can be a can be a huge deal. This could be a thing that costs two, and if you don't pay it, will do five damage. Yeah, to your ember, which starts out at eighty, like so, that's pretty mm-hmm. significant. Yeah, I mean, it also um, cuts into the opportunity cost of your of your draw, right? If they manage to fill your fill your hand with three of these scourge cards, you only have you know two opportunities to get a spell or a uh, or a unit in the next time. I thought these added directly to you, but I think you do have a maximum hand size. Yeah, but I thought these added on top of your draw. Mm. Um, I could be wrong about that. Uh, but it, it's a bummer. Like there are yeah. emergencies, you want to get rid of them if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Crystal Cloak is really horrible. This is the guy who has stealth. Um, so for a certain number of turns, they're not targetable, which is really hard when they start at the bottom of the train and mm-hmm. make their way up. Yeah. Um, you, you know what I would end up doing is putting, uh, you know, when I was fighting this clan, putting a lot of throwaway units on the first floor to burn off that stealth. <laughs> yeah. And then saving my high value units for the top of the floor. Which we didn't really talk about this, but you get more experience the sooner you kill the boss. Yeah. In uh, things, if you can kill the boss on the first or second floor, it's always advantageous, mm-hmm. and you lose experience for having your uh, your pyre take damage. Yeah. So when you're messing with the meta game, like that's really important to kind of keep an eye on that stuff. Yes. Um, and the last one I made a note of here is the self-made harpy, which has multi-strike four, which I think means it attacks five times. It attacks five times with four damage. So it's yeah. only 20 damage, but uh, things like damage shield mm-hmm. or, um, you know, things that wear off per attack. But yeah. it also means spikes are incredibly effective mm-hmm. against her. Yeah. So there's there's ways to counter that. But you don't really know which individual mini bosses mm-hmm. you're going to be getting. Uh, you just really know about the major bosses you're getting. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, let's talk about those major bosses. Uh, there are five total mm-hmm. bosses in the game, uh, and they all have these variants known as battle effects. Uh, the encounters for them all work out kind of the same way. Uh, they will fly up and up and down uh, between the levels outside of the train while the initial uh, waves are coming through. And then in the final round, they will progress up the train um, as normal. When they're flying outside the train during the battle, they're going to be buffing enemies, attacking or summoning units to attack your uh, to attack your units. Um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of going up and down and making your life hell, depending on which uh, which of the bosses it is. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and let's go through them. Uh, there are two for each, uh, the first two nodes, and then there's the final boss. So the first node, you're either going to get Daedalus or Talos. Um, Daedalus is a nerd. Uh, he's an, coded as a uh, chubby inventor. He's like Dr. Octopus, but with wings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, these are humans that are stranded in hell after the Armageddon uh, on heaven's side. And each turn, he goes to a, a floor and spawns an explosive. Yeah. Um, if this explosive isn't destroyed, it will damage every unit on the floor or sometimes damage twice, mm-hmm. uh, depending on which variant um, yeah. he has. Uh, so the double barrel, um, he explodes. Uh, that does two explosives on um, the explosive sigil and um, when enemies are defeated your front unit takes one damage um that is tough and then uh plating seal which uh explosives have a damage shield which means yeah. you have to attack them twice to stop the explosion um and explosions are always in the back as well yes uh so that is a, a concern if you don't have direct damage this can be a real pain in the ass mm-hmm. yeah uh you're helped out by the fact that both daedalus and talos both of these level three bosses um end up having very low health uh, as you end up mm-hmm. going through them. Also, Daedalus will spend a good deal of the battle. You can counter him by really just developing one floor um, mm-hmm. toward the start. Doesn't work for some clans, like probably not a real viable thing if you have uh, the Stygian Guard or the Awoken. Uh, but, uh, you know, if he is going up and dropping uh, explosives on empty floors, well, then he just wasted that turn. And then you can develop the upper floors um, when he gets into the into the rush mode at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's also worth noting you can hurt these enemies before they go into rush mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about that earlier, getting the bonus uh, for that. But uh, this guy is good for that. Yes. Um, if he's throwing explosives up there and you have tough, tanky units or units that have sweep or you're playing as the melting remnants, you can throw units away. Mm-hmm. Putting units on there to, you know, to tank a hit from the bomb and then getting in a hit on this guy will will do really good work or if you're playing with a stygian guard stacking frostbite yeah. on him early will be really effective mm-hmm. uh talos is the other boss that can appear um on the third battle uh, this is a human with crystal wings made of these shards uh just another angel allied with uh, arcus and seraph uh here and uh what she does is she buffs enemies that are summoned on the floor uh, she moves towards and then gets stronger over the course of the battle through triggered buffs. So when you do things on her floor, she is more powerful for the end. Yes. Uh, the three different variants you've got empowering offense. So uh, any any uh, units entering come in with rage uh, and she gains armor whenever an enemy is slain. Uh, really yep. tough to deal with, uh, especially if you have not developed early, you know, this early in a run an ability to do a lot of uh, DPS. Uh, to get mm-hmm. over that armor specifically rage is you know whatever uh the protective sin enemies spawn with armor um and talos ends up attacking every turn instead of just being a buff and will push your front unit to the back big problems <laughs> yeah huge problem uh talos is way harder than daedalus oh uh, yeah in this like oh, every single time mm-hmm. um and then soul sucker uh which uh friendly units spawn your units spawn with sap Mm-hmm. Uh, which means they do less damage uh, that de- that degrades over time. But at first they're doing significantly less damage. Yeah. And then she attacks every turn and applies dazed, which takes up a turn, like yeah. stuns your guys for a turn. All three of those variants suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Talos is not that hard because Talos doesn't have very many hit points, yeah. but much harder than, than Daedalus. Yes. You're hoping for Talos. Yeah. Dazed is like super powerful when you can apply it to the enemy, but it's also really powerful when it applies to you, which is weird because it doesn't feel like sap does very much. 
uh, to enemies, yeah. but it's always it always is a, is a real wet blanket when it's thrown on you. Yeah, no good. Fucks you out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going on to the sixth the sixth battle bosses. Uh, that's tough to say. Uh, we've got Fell, the Wings of Light. She is an angel who was betrayed by uh, by Seraph. Uh, had her wings clipped, but she managed uh, to make her own wings out of light. Uh, and is trying to kind of re-earn her place in Seraph's ranks. She is really tough because at the beginning of the battle, she spawns these alabaster guardians, uh, these statues that are built in the image of her before she is clipped. Those are at the front of the ranks always. Any new enemies come in behind them. Um, and this means that you have to take them out or else the enemies will just mm, kind of just uh, uh, just skip their, up behind yeah, skip their way up to your pyre. Yeah. They'll skip to my loo, my darling. Um, <laughs> so angry. The, uh, you know, these, uh, I thought you liked getting caught in the rain. You said you liked <laughs> pina coladas. Um, the, uh, so th- these guys are a bummer. Um, they're pretty tanky too. They start with 75 uh, base mm-hmm. health. Um, the variants are uh, the Eternal Crest, which the Guardians have spell shield, so they're immune to one use of a spell. Mm-hmm. And she empowers them with armor, which gives them physical buff, basically makes them hardier uh, blockers. Uh, the Scouring Crest, which uh, Fell and all of her allies add Scourge cards to your deck. Big deal. Um, big deal. Those are those ones we mentioned that you have to get rid of mm-hmm. uh, there. And then uh, Wrathful Crest, which the Guardians attack. They have Multi-Strike, and Fell gives all of her units rage. Yeah. Um, the Guardians having Multi-Strike is a bummer because they start on every floor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, So it's it's not going to be a, a threat to your pyre, but enemies or your, uh, your units will be yeah. on the back foot. It can be really hard to develop a floor uh, of, you know, enemies that you're putting there, especially like uh, like morsels and stuff like that in particular mm-hmm. is is really a uh, uh, kind of a counter against the Umbra and even a little bit again, if you're doing like an imp build uh, kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Uh, the other one, Arcus. So Arcus and um, Talos were added in the DLC. Prior, you would only fight uh, Daedalus and Fell. That is also a really mm-hmm. big deal for uh, for free DLC. Yeah. We should mention that. Um, Arcus is your other option, uh, you know, uh, as opposed to Fell. Uh, she is, uh, Fe- or he is Fell's forsaken exiled brother. He's this angel who has fallen. Uh, he still has his wings, but he is darkened. Uh, and every uh, floor that he moves to, he will summon a shard at the back of the ranks. Uh, these shards cannot be attacked because they have the phased uh, status effect on them. Uh, and they mm-hmm. apply extremely powerful debuffs on you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really, really kind of a pain. Um, the uh, first shard is the Sin of Failure, or creates the Looming Dark Shard, uh, <laughs> which makes spells more important, uh, more expensive on that floor, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of good. Like that, you know, depending on what kind of build you yeah. have, this is pretty manageable. Um, and then the shattering, uh, shattering Dark Shard, which gives you a Scourge card uh, mm-hmm. that damages your pyre, which you mentioned how those are a pain. Yes. Um, the Sin of Shadow, uh, which is the Blinding Dark Shard, which gives days to your units, a huge pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. And then the Shattering Dark Shard, which gives you the Scourge, yep. as we mentioned. And then the Sin of Darkness, which gives you the days and the Looming. So it's basically those three different types and three different combinations yeah any of them that do not have the days so you want to you want to get the sin of failure because the days is a real problem whenever it shows up i mean it only the debuff only applies to whatever floor the shard is on and the shard despawns after each round Mm -hmm. but you know if you're relying on any kind of attacks as opposed to like passive damage uh, or spells um 
the getting the one that does days will uh you know completely neuter you for an entire round yeah day sucks yes uh it's really tricky and your ability to daze enemies is limited yes you know like you there are some cards that do it mm-hmm. but no uh you know no clan has a lot of de- days spells it's a, like there are dedicated days but you don't get very many of them i find yeah there's the powerful artifacts like one that made a huge difference for me was um enemy units have a 50 percent chance uh to enter the to train enter with days. days yeah that's incredible mm-hmm. yeah well and then also the one that makes uh enemy units dazed when they get into your pyre yeah that's really good because you can let weak enemies up there until the until the cow comes home <laughs> yep. you know like just yeah go up there man get, uh-huh. get fucked <laughs> like it's 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 angry yeah you know the, the center of my train is pissed um that that one's really really good mm-hmm. um the uh and then the final boss is always seraph uh here uh seraph industries <laughs> okay god why, why, why i was trying to do uh man you were doing deus ex De- well but I, I blanked on the name of the uh protagonist from deus ex human revolution adam not JC Denton, he's adam adam <laughs> so that was what I was going to do that. If you, okay. if you want to edit this at home, just uh, put in the, not you, Cole, yep. but other people are listening to this. Put that Adam right after I said Seraph Industries. Okay, cool, cool. Adam. Okay. Um, you, yeah. You're, you're saying it like, you guys. the warrant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except, except it's uh, how uh, Seraph says Adam. Yeah. Jensen. Adam. <laughs> Jensen. Adam. At least he needs braces. Jensen. Adam. <laughs> Dental plan. <laughs> Jensen. Adam. Um, no, so keep Sarah going. Sucks. It's good. <laughs> I, I can't. My throat's sore. Okay. Now. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm very surprised that kind of put a number on my throat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Seraph is a huge villain. I mean, all you have to do is look at what the what he attempted to do, which is genocide on all of hell. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. all of the lore just kind of points to, like, they're basic. Like, hell is not actually, like, a bad place full of bad people. You know, just yeah. Seraph just attacked because it was a doctrinal thing. Um, so yeah. sucks, bad, worth killing them. Um, and there are four variants as opposed to three. Um, each of them has their own uh, name modifier. So Seraph the Chaste, Seraph the Diligent, Seraph the Patient, uh, Seraph the Temperant. And these uh, individual variants are hard counters to particular kinds of builds that you uh, that you would uh, be taking to them. Yeah. And Seraph is no joke. Right. Uh, even if you're not playing a build that gets countered. Yeah. Um, you know, Seraph is really hard. Tons uh, of has HP. Tons of HP. Yeah. Yeah. Just an absolute, you know, just amazing amount of HP. So you have to have your DPS game, you mm-hmm. know, really, really on point. Um, and most of the variants have multi-strike. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be doing a lot of damage to you. Yeah. Um, so, Yeah. Um, let's talk about the different varies, uh, variants. Yeah. Um, oh, they also have the personal guards, like the, mm-hmm. uh, like glass cannon personal guards that are like multi-strike 10 with three health. Yeah. That just pop up every time, uh, they show up and those things also yeah. uh, suck, you know, which ends up being more of a big deal for your DPS than anything. By the time you're here, you mm-hmm. have lots of units. It doesn't matter so much if one or two of them die. But, like, if any of these personal guards come in with their multi-strike, they will just take away anybody who would actually do damage to Seraph um, in the run yeah. as it goes. Um, you know, yeah. you're, you know, even at Covenant level zero, when we say, like, a ton of HP, like, Daedalus at Covenant level zero has 250 HP. By the time you get to Seraph, uh, Covenant level zero, the base one has 999. Um, yeah. Which is yeah. a lot. <laughs> it just goes up from yeah. there too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so there'll be different emblems. Uh, the purifying emblem, uh, we mentioned all buffs and debuffs are halved. Uh, if you're doing a buff build, obviously this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the power drain build is the one I tended to like. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't do a lot of spell builds. Uh, but it is a huge deal. Um, the first spell you play each round gets consumed, mm-hmm. which means it gets removed from your deck. Yeah. Uh, that's That can, you know, if you, you cannot, uh, if you're doing Stygian Guard and this is your... Uh, creature, you mm-hmm. know, this is the uh, Seraph you're going to fight, you need to build for Frostbite. Yes. Because uh, you'll be fucked otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rallying, rallying em- emblem, so uh, <laughs> he will get stronger um, anytime, uh, basically anytime you play a card. Uh, so on yeah. Rally and on Encant, um, they will get stronger, and also this is the version of Seraph that will attack each round, not just at the end. Um, and we'll apply melee weakness to the front of your unit. Uh, that like that is devastating when you get the uh, when yeah. you get the rallying emblem on that. It's not good at all. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. Like if you're doing a spell build, you could probably handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still going to get attacked uh, by her a lot. But if you're doing lots of spells, you can probably counter this. Yeah. Um, melee weakness means that when you get hit, you take double damage. Yeah. So this is like a champion killer. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is designed to, to fuck up your champion, and then the prideful em- emblem, which your units enter with sap three, which is negative six attack that turns into negative four, which turns into negative two. Mm-hmm. Uh, this counters if you're doing lots of small units. Yeah, uh, they will do like nothing basically until they get destroyed, mm-hmm. um, and it's a big deal even for regular units. Yeah, um, it makes everybody a little bit worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know you can notice a theme across all of these, like all of them make Seraph more survivable as they go up the as he goes up the train. Um, yeah, you know it ends up being a race, and you know again you do not want him to get up to the pyre. You don't want anybody to get up to the pyre, uh, any of the bosses, uh, because you then end up doing the panic math. Okay, he does. I have a hundred. I have a hundred health remaining. He does twenty. I do twenty five. Will I actually outlast him? Can I squeak yeah. this out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, big, you know, big, tough boss, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I've gotten a few, like a few wins in this for a, a few wins in a row, but mm-hmm. it's by no means, it's not like Isaac for me where I can like win most runs. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely so, won many of the rounds, but never in a row often because I would end up, yeah. um, switching covenants. Like I didn't spend a lot of time playing covenants in a row because like I really prize the variety in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that's kind of monster train. It is. What um, a treat. <laughs> yeah. Really, really fun game. Like I, I what a, what a delight, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and talking about it makes me want to play it, even though I've unlocked all the stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, Hmm, Penumbra. Yeah. I go for a Penumbra, you know, just... morsel unit or like what happens if I mix the, uh, the guy who can be eaten with uh, a different clan. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, it's probably pretty incredible with like uh, the Hellhorn champion mm-hmm. um, and a shield, Yeah, you know, like some kind of shield unit, like an imp shield that can go in front. So you can just kind of keep getting eaten. Yeah. You know, on top of everything like there's just <laughs> I love those synergies. I love those little like combinations yeah. that work together. It's very impressive and it tickles a part of my brain in like a really specific way. Yeah. You know, and it's not something we, that we talked about an awful lot, but the fact that you are gaining experience and everything and you're leveling, leveling up two clans at once every time you play means that you're going to be unlocking stuff really, really quickly. This is a game that mm-hmm. goes out of its way to reward you um, with new things to play with, which is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. you know, as a gamer who likes treats, uh, I definitely appreciate that. But also, 
you know, I if I'm going to be putting a bunch of time in, in, into this, it's nice to be able to feel like I'm making progress. You know, go back to the Gungeon mm-hmm. episode and talk about how that is something that, you know, per game, depending on your gamer psych- psychographic, could make you uh, bounce off of a roguelike like this. I can see somebody who, you know, really likes roguelikes or roguelites uh, because of their longevity, how a monster train might not be you know, there for them. Like it might not be enough because they're looking for something they can play for hundreds of hours. And this is something that shows you what it has to show you within 25 or 30, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I could see like why somebody would bounce off of this. But for me who just like likes the way, likes finding the ways that these systems interact with each other and, you know, kind of I'm playing to find um, different ways to succeed spectacularly. Uh, monster mm-hmm. train affords you that opportunity uh, with some frequency uh, and it becomes yeah. really satisfying, you know, even as somebody who doesn't generally go for the structure of game very often. It's a, it's a really great, uh, you know, non-permanent game. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't need to play this over and over like Isaac and get like thousands of hours in it, mm-hmm. but I will do every expansion. Yeah, that does like if they introduce new content, new clans or new champions. I will play those mm-hmm. for basically the foreseeable. Yeah. You know, I don't know that I'm going to like covenant up to level 25. Probably with not this like even though it is fun, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to go that far with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really happy with the fact that I played this, you know, probably, you know, not counting the steam thing, probably 35 hours mm-hmm. uh, and was a joy like the whole time. It was fun. Yeah. The whole time. Uh, that's really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. You know, even in terms of like. It not being, you know, we're doing this with um, this month with The Last of Us and Outer Wilds. Um, Outer Wilds, probably a better game than this, but way more friction and less like treat like. Like, this is having a piece of cake, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and I like desserts. I'm not fucking made of stone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, give me, give me a tasty treat. I'll eat it. Yeah. You know, well, like every once in a while, I want like, an, like a semi empty cal- calorie. Mm-hmm. I need the sweet treats, I need the baklava, <laughs> no cane sugar, honey. <laughs> so yeah yeah a real sweet treat of a game yeah no it uh, this totally caught me off guard yeah totally uh and yeah what a what a fun feeling that is <laughs> you know um yeah so thank you very much uh william this was this was really fun i really like this one yeah um if you want to support the show or sponsor an episode the way you can do that is by going to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv you get bonus episodes, you get episodes a week early, you get access to the Slack. You get basically just a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it's cool, and I recommend it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, we yeah. decided, yeah, we, we, we tried to load that up with lots of value. Uh, if you aren't able to, we understand. Uh, things are mm-hmm. not especially uh, good right now. Uh, but there are free ways to support us. You can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or where, whatever directory, directory you found us in. Uh, you can talk about us on social media, help spread the word. Uh, go back and listen to older episodes of the show. We've done a ton of them um, about yeah. many different things. Uh, there's lots available here for you. I forget uh, things we've done and I'll be like, man, well, that'd be a cool game. Because, <laughs> you know, we're, we're kind of looking at doing, you know, inserting some more of our own picks. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was walking around the neighborhood and be like, man, EVO, I go for a replay EVO. That's cool. Yep. Be cool. Do that for the show. <laughs> like, oh, no, we did that in like the first. You know, <laughs> we did that in 2013. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, when we were all so young. Um, listen to our other shows. Yeah. Uh, check out Orb. 
That is a episode by episode uh, recap and uh, discussion of the Venture Brothers, mm-hmm. um, one of my all time favorite TV shows. And that has continued to be in a light. You know, if you like episodes like this where it is real positive, mm-hmm. um, we're entering into like a kind of a positive, uh, you know, phase of the network where there's like a couple shows that are mostly dedicated sugar talking mm-hmm. uh, between what this and what's going on with David, Days of Future Cast yep. and the the game run around mm-hmm. and orb has been consistently uh pretty delightful yeah to we're, talk about and do and you know you're kind of close to the ground floor we are just finishing up season one as of the time we're recording mm-hmm. uh so we'll be doing that wrap up and everything we'll start season two uh new guests new everything mm-hmm. so it's the same theme music and announcer well so, yeah of course new some things <laughs> new some things yeah uh yeah uh, anything else uh, no, not that I can think of. Uh, watch out for Seraph the Patient.